If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone and the hate's there, better watch out, cause it's hate fear. Your family ain't your family and your legacy. Welcome back to the We Was Privileged Podcast, an HS podcast about the show Succession. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Chanel. And we are back for season four, uh, season four, episode two of Succession. And it's called, uh, I thought I had it up, uh, season four, episode two. The Kin, the Kids? No, that's The Last of Us. That's the episode. (laughs) Yeah, you did just finish The Last of Us. (laughs) I did. Uh, Rehearsal. Is what it's called. Oh wow! Yeah, because it was supposed to be about Connor's wedding. Poor Con. Oh my gosh. Well, um, before we get started, my peaks and valleys. Um, one valley is that I currently have COVID. One peak is that Brandon bought me a mic and gifted one to me. So if you hear amazingly better sound, it is thanks to this man. I hope it works out, and I'm glad we got you a new mic. Um, yeah, you deserve it. I, I had to, you know, I had to help out my peoples. Um, yeah, because I'm broke. I, I really appreciate it. You're not broke. You're a college student. There's a difference. I, yeah, I'm a, a grad. Even worse, you're a grad student. I have rich spirit. And when I, I was a grad spirit. student, I was ultra broke, and I was working at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so I I totally get it. So uh, we didn't get any emails this week. Did we, uh, wait, we did, did, we, get... did we read the ones from before, though? I feel like we never read the... Oh, that's what you're about to do. Go ahead. Yeah, we did get some emails in between House of the Dragons and Now that we forgot to read on uh, the yeah. last episode. Uh, one email was from Sonia, and Sonia says, I've been longing for a Black tribe to discuss this show with, and your show was more than I could have even hoped for. I've re-listened to all your episodes at least three times now. I truly can't get enough. I know Chanel mentioned that you want ideas of what to do next. Did you do a review of the original Game of Thrones? I will rewatch to hear what you two have to say, but I will watch anything with y'all. Thank you for your gift to the community, Sonia. Look at that. Sonia, that's wonderful. You're a gift to the community. By the way, Brandon and I would have to be independently wealthy to take the time to go back and review all of Game of Thrones, but I'll never say never. Uh yeah, I, we were gonna do it on another podcast I'm on, but we ended up doing. I ended up doing like a. Uh, I ended up she, we basically we, each of each was three hosts. We pick a show, an old show, and we review it. Um, and we started with Oz, and then we did um, Orphan Black, and then it was my turn. And instead of picking a show, I cheated, and I did three small shows, three shows that didn't have full like complete runs. And so we're in the last of that, which is the Watchmen, and then we're about to do Breaking Bad because I never saw Breaking Bad, even wow, though I'm a my, TV person. My story about Breaking Bad is that I started it like when it was current, and then I stopped, and I avoided. I successfully avoided spoilers for the ending for about two years. Like I, I dodged those spoilers real good, and I watched it on my own time, like three years ago. So. Um, I've dodged dodged all spoilers and I've never seen it somehow. Okay. Okay. Well, I, 
the you know the devil on my shoulder wants to be spoiler right now, but I no. won't. You're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> I will boot you off this fucking call. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's gonna, I mean, it's just about this boy named Malcolm, and he's gifted, and he goes to school, and his brother Reese is a bully. Um, his brother. All right, that's enough. To, <laughs> that's the plot of Malcolm in the Middle, Brent. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was Malcolm in the Middle. How did you know that? How do you remember that show? That's my favorite show. I've watched that. Like that's a show I've watched three times over. Sorry. Um, keep we going, got keep another going. email from Teddy. Teddy said, "Riches is a great series. I'd love for you to cover. It's dope, and I really like the way your show is produced. Keep it, keep it real. Keep it coming. Thank you, Teddy. Um, keep it real. Keep it have- coming." I love that. Riches is is multiple people have said Riches. We missed that just because um, it was hard for us to get together and do a show because we meant to do Last of Us. But, um, you know, again, never say never. Who's to say we can't do that later? Yeah, so thank you for the emails. And uh, like I said, uh, we didn't change the email. So if you listen to the show, want to give us feedback on what you think about what's going to happen next in succession, anything about our show, or anything you want to talk about, you can email us as wewasdragons at gmail.com. That's wewasdragons at gmail.com and leave us any feedback that you want. Or you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, and if it's a five-star review and we like it, we'll read it on the air. And if it's not, fuck you. Period. Um, Wait, before... Also, I want to note, we did figure out um, that we're going to try to keep, as we do different shows... We're going to keep the we was like as a prefix and change it for each show. So you may have noticed that the URL shifted for our anchor page. So now um, it's anchor.fm slash we was podcast. And so the next show will just play on that. Um, and so, you know, we're just kind of going with inspiration because we talked about a billion names that we that we felt like didn't make sense or would just like, you know, every name I suggest I had black in the title and Brandon was like, well, that's not necessary. <laughs> So anyway, I think this worked they out. I know but that yes, we're black as soon as you say something. I know, but I'm like the algorithm. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could tell from from jump. Um, and then I know, so Brandon's going to host this episode and it was a lot. But before we get into it, um, I did, in fact, binge the second half of Last of Us uh, last this morning, meaning I said the five. And um, I know we don't have time to get into it fully, but um, I did really... I really enjoyed the emotional pieces of the show. I'm not a game player. Um, I hated the fungus. I found out through this show that I have a fear of, I have a fear of it. It was revolting to me. Um, So I saw like on reviews that people wanted more infected because like the video game obviously had more, but I was so happy with the low level of infected like at the end of the show. And then obviously apparently the ending is true to the game. Mm-hmm. We're pretty true to the game, and I appreciate that. But um, I actually do not hate Joel for those for him turning into John Wick. I'm actually not mad about that. I'm mad about the lying, but I think that I think that the Fireflies are tripping. And my question for you is: Does this mean the Fireflies are like wiped out now? Uh, I can't tell you because that has, they okay. go into what happens next in the second oh, game. Okay, okay, okay. So in the second game, is there the producers uh the director the showrunner said that the second game is not going to be the second season they're going to break it down into at least two seasons the second game which makes sense if you've played the game because there's a couple uh concurrent storylines in that game uh with some new characters but they do go into that they go into the they go into the fallout of joel's decision you know what happens with the fireflies all that they go into in the second game 
Um, and we'll get we'll get into that. Well, I only asked that question because every time they got to a Firefly's hideout, them niggas were dead. Like every time they tried to show up, they were wiped out. And I was like, y'all are not. Yeah, and well, then people get wiped out because of all the fucking terrible people and the pillagers mm-hmm. and the infected. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking hellhole. Oh, for sure, I agree. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. because it kind of hit me in the middle of the night, like, wait a minute, everybody gone. I haven't seen it. I'm sure there's like pockets here and there. Um, I also thought it was interesting seeing what what like a liberated city looks like without good leadership because you see like these organ these groups that are not gov you see all kind of different examples of non-fedra mm-hmm. areas and some like there's the different versions of it and then the last thing is that uh they did have like some things in one of the communities that was similar to walking dead but the difference is that uh, and I think just TV watchers were comparing this, but the difference is that Walking Dead gives you a location for like several episodes, almost a whole season. So to understand that like a area is like cannibals takes time. It's like, it's very subtle and Walking mm-hmm. Dead here. It kind of like came out in its own way. And I still thought it was good, but I did have a moment like, oh, this isn't as good as Walking Dead. Like that's, that uh, was an intrusive thought just came to me, but I do appreciate that like they showed that, like you said, it's not just the infected, it's the people and all that other stuff. So um, good show overall. I love Pedro Pascal. He can do absolutely no wrong. He's fantastic. And um, the girl did good too. So uh, not mad at all. All the other actors did good too. So good show. So I wanted to tie up something from last week. Uh, you and I talked about the one hundred, the hundred, their original um, plan of what they were going to do before they bought Pierce. Um, and I, actually oh yeah, went, I actually went and find the article that was talking to people from the show about the the hundred. And the, after I read this article, I was like, "This is the stupidest shit of all time." Like, this wasn't a good idea because me and you talked about this say, on the show. He's, New York Times meets. So it's worse. Show. It's worse. So I'm going to read this to you. So the the hundred the working tagline is no everything no limits. It's described with lofty ambition as Substack meets Masterclass meets The Economist meets The New Yorker. Uh, okay, so th- but here's the thing. So they remember he had that thing on the screen that he was going over with the people, but we weren't really paying attention to it because other uh-huh. shit was happening. So <laughs> here's here's what it said. The global media startup is a digital hub delivering all the essential information to navigate the now. The world's leading experts provide humanity's most invaluable knowledge in bespoke bite-sized parcels designed to improve the lives of subscribers and the world in general. The antidote to the modern malaise of empty calorie input overload. The initial audience they think is 180 million people. English language ready, customer base across the world, hungry for stimulation, news and info, multilingual, multifaceted growth opportunities. This is what this is their plan. A lot of the hundred is available and scalable audio. They want to do like podcasts, events, dating, dating services was on there for smarties. This is what they were going to do. That's was that was definitely not going to happen. Not with those. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a a pipe dream, but the idea makes like the idea makes sense in this universe that they understand the consumer. Like this does make sense for us as consumers. Like our group would like uh, like millennials, late millennials, early millennials would like 
trustable news from a variety of sources, from experts, from like like the top 100 people in science is who I want to hear from. You know what I mean? The top 100 people in education is who I want to hear from instead of kind of getting my news parroted to me. So I think that like the outside inspiration makes sense. But again, this being like a completely impossible thing for them to do where they would have they would have to buy something that I already sorry me to myself buy that's something good. that's already there and keep it on on track with Pierce that makes the most sense because building this from the ground up even Roma doesn't have those chops at this point like it's a lot you know like I feel like I'm not saying you can't start things now obviously but there was a time when business was more simple and um like building a conglomerate happened outside of all the regulation outside uh, outside of all the hyper visibility and I just don't know how to even do it in this day and age. I think everything is kind of fluff, not fluff, but like every, nothing has a foundation to it now because everything is like in the cloud. I don't know. So I, it, that's a, thank you for getting the deep dive on that. But um, they did make a good decision, I guess, technically with Pierce. They just didn't make a good decision on price. And then the last thing before we get in the show is I did watch both seasons of White Lotus and I'm so oh, mad yeah. that you didn't tell me about this before because I fucking love that show. I swear I, I've told you about a lot of shows. Let's see. And I White think. Lotus was fucking amazing. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was such great writing. And I love his take on like the world. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so like I can't wait for season three. Can't wait By for season the three. way, please watch industry since you like yes, since you want Industry's recommendations. Next. Okay, yeah. It's a it's a lot more um raunchy, but it's worth watching. Industry is next. All right, let's get into this episode, which was, I thought this episode was very funny, but parts of this episode were extremely dark, and we're going to get to it at the end when the kids are talking with Logan, they all Mm -hmm. finally meet up again, but like Mm -hmm. that shit, to me, that was like so dark, it was like funny, but it was like, also like, it was like, it was so dark that it was like making me uncomfortable like it, like you could like see the rage like in Shiv, like it, it was just like a lot of like yeah. thoughts brought up. It was like it was really dark to me. What you yeah, think? Yeah, my tweet episode? from the, my tweet from this episode was Shiv is a villain. Shiv, well, you can see the Shiv origins, the villain origin story, like how she got to where she was because she is clearly pissed about everything. She's going through it mm-hmm. all. So like Absolutely. we'll get to, we'll play that scene. So Chanel and I are gonna play that scene and kind of talk about it as we go through it. Uh, but before, uh, Chanel, do you want to start with Logan and ATN, or do you want to start with the kids? Um, I'm going to take ATN for 100 because I think, like, it's the cleanest story to start with, but also it's so silly because, like, whenever we have, like, we're starting to see Greg, Tom, and Logan interact because of the faction, and that's just a very, like, those are three different levels of, like, like maniac so yes let's start with that i'm glad you picked this because before we get into what happened brian cox is a goddamn treasure this dude is his charisma is incredible and i was thinking about this show in a different notes because you know a lot of tv shows what they do is they pick big name actors and then they like shop they pick big name actors first then they fit them into like an idea they have, and then they shop that. Like, I got this idea with these big people that you know, think like True Detective, right? And so you get a lot of those types of oh, shows now. 
Yikes. Oh, by the way, you know what that in The Last of Us, the girl, the white lady from um Yellow Jackets. I need to watch Yellow Jackets. Everyone tells me that's great. She, but she was the only bad casting. She the K- Kansas City leader. I oh, did her. not like okay. her. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's a name that they put in there, a familiar face. I was like, you could have found somebody unknown to do that. She did not kill it. So I know exactly what you mean when it's like, okay, you're gonna build around this name, but is it really there? Keep going. But this show. I mean, not that these people are unknowns, but they clearly had a plan. They had characters, and then they went and cast the best people for those characters that they could possibly get. And like Brian Cox is a name, but he's not like some, he's not Leonardo DiCaprio or some Matt Damon or some big star, Woody Harrelson. He's, but he's, he, you can, Brian Cox is a classically trained actor. And I know like sometimes we're just, oh, you know, Anyone can act. You can do this. You know, that's rich white people privilege. And it is in some ways. But there is also something to being like classically trained at the highest level stage actor because he has a charisma and a body language that just like leaps off the screen. And I think Brian Cox was in his bag this episode. Like I thought he was just absurdly great this episode. I've watched this episode three times because I was Mm -hmm. just in awe of like him this entire episode. I mean, you know, thinking about it, I guess I I identify more as a kid, as one of the kids than as like on Logan's side when I'm watching. And it was disorienting, like seeing his different, like seeing him actually show, I guess even this season, right? He's either unraveling or opening up. Maybe they're the same things, but like Mm -hmm. you're seeing his inner monologue more. Like he's sharing with people, he's sharing with us, I guess, to the camera more what he actually thinks. And that is like, terrifying because in a way it's going to humanize somebody who we already know is like a villain um and mm-hmm. has done bad things but and I'm almost scared it's like going to do it in a way where like we forgive him before he makes takes accountability for what he's done and so I think that was what was really interesting in the in the scene we'll talk about later where like it's starting to happen but it doesn't happen in a way that like is satisfying for anybody involved but yeah so mm-hmm. I agree he's great um so they uh, so I think, and then just to clarify, because I know we talked about it last week. So they are keeping, AT, he's keeping ATN as his news resource and then spinning off Waystar and all the digital platform issues and like everything, you know, the cruises and all the other parts of this like conglomerate he's he's had. And so it's basically like every, well, I don't know. I guess it's like basically like selling Fox, but keeping Fox News. But like, yes, I don't know, that's what Rupert Murdoch yet. did. Okay, right, basically. And so, so he sold twentieth century Fox and everything to mm, Disney yeah. and all the studios and all that stuff. Right. But he kept news. That and okay, thank you. Twentieth century Fox is what I meant because yep. Fox Networks is what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um exactly. So and the reason why I think is because he sees the cash cow that is conservative news. Um and so and it's an we, election year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he has a candidate in his pocket. So mm-hmm. um we see him show up at the ATN uh, headquarters at the news. I, I don't know if it's the news floor or like the administrative floor, but he shows up. Um, well, before and, that, yeah, before that, they, you first meet Logan and him and uh, Carrie are like leaving their house and he's fucking cranky as fuck, like just angry at the world. And you find out they think he's going to the office and just going to do some random shit. And he's like, no, I'm going to ATN. And this is where I knew I was like, oh, this shit's about to be wild. And so then we see Tom and Greg. No, Tom is trying. Oh to yeah, leave. this is this is when he cancels the chopper for the kids. He lets he he yeah. um, blocks their transportation. Um, yeah. 
And Tom's leaving the office, and then Greg gives him a call, and he's like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to go through every scene, but this part was kind of funny. He calls Tom, and he's like, uh, Logan's here. And then Tom's like, oh, he's, he's in the building? And Greg's like, no, he's on the floor. And Tom's like, what? He's on the floor, immediately stops his car, like, I'm done for the day. Gets and out hops the car. Up, yeah, and runs. <laughs> and, and runs, runs back. back. And he's like, uh, he's like, what is he like? What is he doing? And he says he's just like roaming around. Like angry. he says, he's terrifyingly moseying. Yeah, he says he's. He says he's. I, so I have a section in my notes called quotes because I wanted to do. I wanted to surprise you with a new like a new like gimmick of like the best quotes of the show uh, at the end. But I'll say them as we go. He says uh, he. He says he's wearing sunglasses inside, like if Santa Claus was a hitman. <laughs> yeah, a great line. <laughs> yeah, because then they push back to him, and you're like, "That is what it looks like." By the way, if you want to see Santa Claus as hitman, go watch Violent Night. That was such a. That's my one of my top five Christmas movies. Now, um, I also was texting you quotes that I think are great episode yes, for titles because the there, yeah, there was just so many. There was a lot of lines in here where I was like, they are on it. But anyway, so we haven't gotten any of those yet. But yes, it. it so yeah, we have a we have a Tom Gregg scene yep. that is showing again, like they're they're locked into each other. They're sharing information. Um, but Greg is still like not clear on what to do with any of the information he has. He just knows when to alert Tom. Um, and he's also smart enough not to try to like reach out to Logan himself and figure out what Logan needs. He's like, Tom, come help. Um, so like yeah. said, I also think he was scared. He was a little scared to do that. Oh, too. yeah, I'd be terrified. While Tom was coming back in, Shiv calls him and she's basically like, why the fuck did you tie up every lawyer in the fucking city? Uh, and he's like, did dad tell you to do this? Are you dad little bitch boy? <laughs> now and tom was basically like look i went he was like basically like i didn't you know i just went and did what he basically told me to do but i'm sure you'll find someone i gotta go your dad's fucking here basically and hangs up and yeah he's like that doesn't even phase him as much as i like you can tell he puts that like she cusses him out he puts that right on the side and goes back to like number one breadwinner which is logan and logan logan is basically in there just like stalking people and, and Greg's and the Greg and Tom are talking, and he goes, "It looks like if Jaws, he was like, it looks like he, it looks like he's Jaws if everyone worked for Jaws, <laughs> which is another great line." Um, yeah, and, he's just walking behind people, looking at their computers, and that also that is terrifying for your boss to just for your like boss, boss, boss to come, and like he tells one guy, he says, "Oh, one email, don't exhaust yourself." <laughs> so that was rude. so fucked up. Uh, so then uh, he, he Logan asked Tom where Sid at, and Tom thinks Sid left, but she didn't. She comes out of nowhere. She's pleased. Yeah, he Logan. threw her under the bus. He's like she's never here late or something like that. Um, and, and she pops up out of nowhere. Logan asks Tom, <laughs> "Have you seen Carrie's audition tape?" And at this point, we hadn't seen the tape in the show. But by Tom and Sid's reaction, clearly Carrie is ass. Like, clearly she's terrible. And they're trying to play it off. Like, well, what do you think, Logan? What do you think? And Logan's like, no, no, no. You tell me what you think. I'm. It'd be. She's my assistant. It'd be unprofessional if I got involved. Which is such yeah, a ba- gaslighting line. Exactly. So, it's very he's much gaslighting so. the I mean, shit out of them. Because basically, you they are 
by the way, I want to say like, this is the problem with nepotism. Like Tom has this role at ATM when Sid like actually earned the role. And so you can see like this competition between them. But mm-hmm. like Tom is like, I'm not backing up because Logan has told me this is a place I can hover. So I'm going to show up. Um, and that's also that's like a very awkward thing to watch. Um, but yeah, you can tell from both of them. They're like, let's put that aside because they know they need to say something positive or political to basically like get around this because they're looking at him for the for the cues. And again, like you said, you know, this is clearly his girlfriend. And he's clearly trying to get them to promote her. But he also I was wondering, does he want them to tell him the truth? But he I don't think he does. Um and then like you said, saying leave me out of it is because he doesn't want he doesn't want if, if it doesn't work out for him to be at fault. And if it does work out for her to um people to talk about her getting a leg up, but they already will. Like everyone right. already knows, you know. So Logan, Logan tells Tom, hey, I want to give a speech. I want to be a man of the people. <laughs> and so they set up like these boxes of like paper to like be like a fake stage. And Tom gets up there and he gathers everyone around and he's trying to impress Logan. So while he's gathering everyone for like an introduction, he's talking about like how they're up 3% week over week and they're up 15, 14% year over year. And Logan clearly doesn't give a shit. And so then he introduces Logan. Logan stands up on the thing and he gives a f- incredible performance speech, which I'm going to play. And then Chanel and I are going to talk about it on the back end. You can hear that, Chanel? Perfect. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, 15% up year on year. Well, it's a shame we're up 40 on costs. But I guess, I guess it evens itself out in the end, I mean, does it? Is 15 equal to 40, pal? Uh, Is 15 equal to 40, pal? No. No! Good! Good head for numbers. All right. You're good folks. You're the best. Or you wouldn't be in here. But. You've got to knuckle down for me. Waystar, I can't say too much as yet, but I'm going to be spending a lot more time in here with you lot because I love it in here. I fucking love it! I don't want to know about 3% week on week. I want to know that we are killing the opposition. I want to be cutting their throats. Our rivals should be checking in up back of their chauffeured cars because they can't believe what we did. So fucking spicy. So true. Something everyone knows, but nobody says because they're too fucking lily-livered. Huh? They cannot believe what we said and the fact that we fucking said it. They're fucking jam spears on the highway. Now, anyone, anyone who believes that I'm getting out, please shove the bunting up your ass. <laughs> this is not the end. I'm going to build something better. Something faster, lighter, meaner, wilder. And I'm gonna do it 
from in here, whether you like, you fucking pirates! So yeah, that is both equal parts incredible and also like 4chan fascist terrifying like all at the same time what'd you think Chanel I mean I think the words you just use make a lot of sense for me it was like it, it was just a lot of language that that has nothing to do with what they're doing right like this is actually journalism and so what should be being said is like accuracy and um telling stories and representing people but that's not what's happening um so yeah I mean obviously it's like he's a charismatic leader and he's just saying the things that get people excited and and helps them to feel um validated to do bad things in the name of like this is just what it is. Like, this is what we've been tasked to do. So great speech, but also so confusing. <laughs> like, I was just confused. Like, what? he's hyping them up, but about what? Like, what are we doing? What's the goal? What's the strategic goals? And oh, then the also- goal was clear. The goal was clear. What he wants oh, yeah. is, okay. he, he says it. He says, we're going to say the things that everybody thinks, but won't say, because they're too fucking lily-livered. That's what he said. It's basically- we're going to say what you all are thinking, but you won't say the Trump shit. Like, everyone's thinking it, but you won't say it. And he's like, I want them to be mad about what we said because we fucking said it and they won't say it. So, you know, I want to gaslight people. I want to say wild, outlandish shit that gets headlines and people are talking about us. And, you know, I want to build something that's mean and wild and going to set the world on fire. And if you if you, if you you tie this to the fact that he's back in Mankin, the kind of Nazi light mm-hmm. candidate that we saw last season. Um, mm-hmm. If you mix that with what he's talking about here, he's basically saying like, look, we're going to go full fortune. Like we're going wild as shit. No one's going to believe what the fuck we're saying. And it's going to end up sad part in the show. And in real life is that shit resonates with people. Unfortunately, there's a reason why mm-hmm. Fox news is so popular. Right. There is no liberal equivalent to Fox right. News because it can't be because it those two things cannot exist. You cannot. Right. You cannot psych people up in a way that gets people connected on an emotional level that Fox News does. And, and have also journalism integrity. And that, yeah. yeah. And also be integrity and have journalism and stuff because it, it wouldn't work that way. Right. Even if you're like super radical liberal, you couldn't just be out here like, let's go shoot up all the rich people and just like burn them and throw them in a in the dumpster for real jane fonda like, said that and y'all got mad at her <laughs> <laughs> so like it, it wouldn't work and so i thought that speech was i thought brian cox acting there was so believable like i thought like mm-hmm. that was just like they you could t- if you told me they casted brian cox because they knew in season four he was gonna give that speech i can't think of any other actor offhand that would be better at that role of that character doing something like that that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think you're you're right on it. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I wasn't feeling anything yet in this episode. At this point, in the episode, I was just like cringing. It was really just cringe for me, and it really created questions. Like, because by the way, fifteen um, percent of pr- up on pr- or five five 
3% year over year, 15% up is not the same thing as like, can not be compared com- directly to 40% of like cost or whatever. Like it, it really depends on what the numbers are. Like what, what are the margins? What are we actually talking about? So like he starts penny pinching throughout the rest of the episode. I'm like, bro, you can reduce your cost, cut the jet. You know what I mean? Like it, it was irritating me to see him come in and get them riled up to make more money. And then also get mad at them for like spending money. It's like, that's yours to manage. This is your, you've neglected this. And now you're coming to them. Like they're doing something wrong. Um, so well, anyway, he was just, saying that. So Tom was saying, just so we're clear, mm-hmm. um, Tom was saying that we're up fifteen percent year over year in ratings. So like the mm-hmm. ratings are up fifteen percent right. year over year. And Logan was saying, yeah, that's what was fine. it three percent year over year that he said? He said something no, was up three percent. He said three percent week over week, week over week. So over last mm-hmm. week we were up three percent, but we're up fifteen percent year over year in ratings. Right. And Logan was saying, yeah, we're up fifteen percent year over year in ratings but we're up 40% year over year in costs. So basically what Logan was saying is we spent 40% more this year than we did last year. Mm-hmm. And, and in his mind, we're only up 15% on ratings. He, I guess he's thinking it should be a closer comparable in ratings to cost. Absolutely. No, I'm just saying like, those are two different conversations, right? Because right. what are the actual numbers? That's all. Like, it's like, he's saying it's 15 and 40 the same, but that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that. No, it doesn't that, make any that sense. Gas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> but in the moment, it sounds like he's just saying it, it, it for a minute. It made me think. And then also not just that at the end, they talked about um, at the end of the show, they talked about how Logan is kind of losing control. And it made me think, is Logan really, does Logan understand the business or does Logan just understand how to manipulate people into getting better deals? I think like, it's it both. Made me, okay. Cause it just what made me think? realize like, I, I just don't think he's like a head in the numbers. I understand oh, yeah. all of these costs kind of guy. And this is what I mean. I think he's like a, I'm going to, he's a, I'm going to play, you know, uh, I'm going to play chicken with Pierce to get a lower and lower price instead of asking, like Roman's the only person who acts, acts what it's actually worth. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of what I noticed. So like he needs a Jerry and a Carl around and we always think they're doing dirty work, but they also seem like the ones who actually understand the business. So anyway, that's just my, that was my first inkling of like, wait a minute, is Logan only as good as his like bark and his bite and not really like actually a numbers person and like a business, like the behind the scenes person. So that was that, but that scene was, um, I mean, the whole <laughs> why would tom say i could kiss you from here why would he what, for what reason because <laughs> he's weird <laughs> no, i agree so... with you. i don't i don't think logan's a numbers person but i think he has a very good business mind just in general of like how to read people mm-hmm. how to not just not just he, he does not manipulate people one thousand that's mm-hmm. probably his best trait quote unquote mm-hmm. best but he understands how to he understands people like in order to like the one thing I can say about Rupert Murdoch and Fox news is that they understand people like those are bad people, but those people still exist. And if you're in, in that sense, if you're in the business world and you're trying to like make money, you have to understand people and they understand those types of people to a T what triggers them, what gets them going, what they come back to. And so mm-hmm. like Logan it's like, because you'll hear Logan talk later in the episode, like when he's walking outside, you hear kind of his analysis of like things around him. And like he under he has a good understanding of the world around him and how it works. He just applies that 
in the most horrible way, right. similar to Rupert Murdoch and Fox News. You apply that in the hor- most horrible way possible. Right, right. Um, I guess I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, it is white privilege because to be at that level, like, I, I just feel like Robert Johnson had to understand the metrics, the numbers, the audience, like, to run BET. I don't think Robert Johnson can just walk around and just be terrifying, and that's enough to, like, keep that business growing and going. I think it's, like, Logan can get by with having other people do everything for him. And then, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a shark. Like, he's built himself. But to the extent that he built himself from, like, hard hard work versus, like, um, intimidation, I'm now not completely convinced about that. Um, but I do think it is, mm-hmm. like, everything that happens in this ATN building for the rest of the day is hilarious. Because we already, we got the carry, the carry tape of it all. Like, that oh, starts a whole, a whole. I'm glad you brought that up. So speaking of that, the next thing we get is Hugo and Jerry, and they're in the fucking office laughing at Carrie's tape, just fucking right. knee slapping, laughing about how horrible it is. And Logan, hey, yeah, in, it's hilarious. And it's like yeah, it's, it's like the fourteen year old kid that's like jacking off off his phone, yeah. and then his parents walks into the room, and it's just like fumbles. He everything. catches it way too late. He catches it way too late. Um, and <laughs> Logan's like, "What's funny?" And he's like, oh, you know, I'll, um, Jerry has said something funny before you came in. He's like, huh? and you, and the whole time he's suspicious. And I'm like, Logan, wake up. You know, like, it made me so mad because I'm like, Lo-, it almost seemed Logan was surprised or like not sure if that's what they were laughing at. It's like, Logan, did you see the tape? So as they sit down throughout the whole, they basically have a conversation. And J- oh, because at this point, no, Logan has not heard from anyone um from the board right the vote's supposed to be tomorrow that the board says yes we'll, we'll sell away start for this much to go joe and it's done but the, he hasn't heard he's starting to get nervous stuff like price mm-hmm. the deal's gonna fall through so he goes in there to kind of get the lay of the land like has anyone else heard and um jerry says during the conversation something like what what is I, jerry says something to me yeah. but i don't remember the specific because logan is saying like i don't want to be seen shaking hands with matson you know i don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt and I, i'm starting to have second thoughts oh about, the handshake yeah yeah optics. and so jerry says don't you want your moment in the sun and logan's like are you fucking working for him already you what do you say you work so for the stupid. suite or something like that he's so like stupid. i'm still here like i'm still here I'm still your boss, like, and I've got some feelings about the fucking, the board. And then he tells Hugo to, like, play the PowerPoint that has, like, details on, like, the mm-hmm. deal or whatever. And Hugo's like, oh, Car- Carolina, why don't you do it? And she's like, she like your computer's, your computer's yeah. right there. Go ahead and fucking she, do it. They are also cutthroat, because she, she knows. She knows. She's like, and then, <laughs> but here's what made me, because I'm telling you, I thought about this later. All my man had to do was unplug his laptop, cut that yes. off real quick, and then plug it back in. But of course, it's TV, so he opens it quickly. I'm talking about with the quickness minimizes <laughs> and gets it going. And it was one of those things like where we're all gonna pretend like we didn't see it pop up on the screen. Um, and, but that's clearly Carrie, yeah, doing her yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, tape on the screen. Yeah. Logan sees it. Yeah, he it's... knows, but it, but it's like it's more embarrassing for Logan to call it out at this point than for anything else. But like, I'm sure he's on his shit list now. And Jerry, from now on, Logan's about to ice Jerry out. Yeah, Jerry's on his shit list. But for literally saying, you're selling the company you built, you use your world to build, 
make it a celebration and he sees everything as a loss like even though he's getting enough money to like retire he sees everything as a loss of like it, it that's why I'm like I guess so suspicious of in this this episode like do you under like do you, why are you so defensive you're old relax it like recognize like you set up this sale for yourself like let it ride out so anyway um that seems so- hilarious because Disorder. Yeah, the next scene is Greg and Tom in the kitchen, and Logan comes in, and he's complaining about pizza boxes. He's like, "You got these nice pies here. You got just put them in a fucking microwave." Which you know, Rick, Logan's so rich, but you all, like uh, every so often it reminds you that like he wasn't always rich. Like he was broke as fuck in Ireland, because like if Tom, like Shiv and Kendall would never fucking microwave pizza. Like, they wouldn't even, like, it would, I'll just order another fucking pizza. Like, just, like, their personality. And Logan's like, the pizza's fine. Just put it in the fucking microwave. And Greg tries to say, well, it gets soggy. And, you know, of course, you get the favorite fuck off to Greg. Greg says there is Tom. a sog factor. <laughs> he has a sog factor. So Logan wants to talk to Tom about Carrie. And Tom is acting like he's excited. He's like, oh, she's a natural. She's great. But... <laughs> She's a little raw. Maybe needs some time. Maybe needs a lot of time. A lot. Needs a lot of time. Maybe she should start like where people don't see her, and then you see her. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) because we don't, because you don't want to launch somebody off too soon. Basically, like he, I mean, Tom is learning how to play the game because he knows like this is his girlfriend, but he also, I think, the fact that Logan comes back to him, he knows. Okay, Logan's trying to give me. Logan Logan recognizes, but he doesn't want to say it. So he's trying to get me to say it, but I still have to say it diplomatically. But here's what's the weird part. Logan says, ah, smart. That's smart, Tom. And then he kind of takes his glasses off. He kind of gives them a look like this. like, mm-hmm. And then Tom goes, okay, okay, I know what to do. And I don't know what that look was. Like, this part I was confused about this entire episode. I don't know if oh. Logan was actually looking for feedback from Carrie he 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 sees he sees Hugo and Jerry laughing at her. He sees how Sid and Tommy respond. And was he telling Tom to like go handle that? Tell her no, but I don't want to be any a part of it. So it's separate from me, so that it's not on me. Mm-hmm. Or was yep. he telling Tom to make it happen? And no, Tom decided think, not to. No, I actually think what how I read it in that very moment was he's like. Yeah, we both know this sucks and I'm not and I'm trying to I don't want to be because he kept saying I'm not a part of it because he heard what Tom said, said it's smart, which he don't say stuff like that. So that's him saying, yeah, we're on the same page. And then he says, but I'm not a part of it. And then he looks at him and Tom, the way Tom goes and then nods his head is like, he's like, oh, okay, you want me to do this because, again, you're not a part of it. But you recognize that, like, it's not she's it's not good and we're not going to be able to make this happen for her just on the strength. So I did notice that. Um, and then it's kind of, it's just hilarious who he, he immediately goes to Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, and this was like this little scene. I was like, this could be the spinoff again. It would be a sitcom, but them sitting in a room debating stuff. Also, I sent you a YouTube video of them. They did the scene for yes. the wedding, like the who needs a soul and they switch roles. And I'm going to tell you something um greg can play tom but tom cannot play greg greg is a, <laughs> greg is a unique like the way greg delivers is everything but they're just sitting there and basically tom does the same thing to greg and goes this is now your thing and basically gives greg his first real 
thing where Greg now gets to deliver a message to someone on behalf of Logan um it has to figure out the way to do it in a, a way that won't blow back on him and it does but he has to uh, figure I actually it have out. that scene I actually okay. have that scene hey hey Carrie um sorry can I possibly please uh grab you just for five minutes quickly please yeah uh-huh. why not you've already grabbed every other woman in Manhattan <laughs> thank you let's <laughs> let's just head in here I just wanted to grab you for a quick moment. Um, uh, I, I hope I'm not getting above my station here, um, but I wanted to talk to you about the whole tape thing. Oh, I, I'm not sure I want to talk to you about that. Oh, yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, then just as a friend, I I wanted to give you a heads up on the down low on what the murmurs are and say you know how careful I have had to be about my particular position as a family member and say how people chatter so unpleasantly about accusations of legs up and unfair. What is this, Greg? Just, are, are you rushing things a bit and could could that long-term actually harm your so, position? Okay, Tom doesn't think I'm ready and he's sending no, you not, to... No, 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 not at all. He thinks you're great. Um, oh, I mean, there are some little doubts from a focus group. And they focus grouped me. Yes, but but the big picture is what I'm saying. You know, like how Kendall and Shiv have an entitlement. Okay, problem? I'm sorry. What did they say? The focus group. Uh, well, headlines, great. Just maybe, not fully, there, and a few criticisms, but such but, as. Uh, minor shit, like nothing. I mean, maybe great package, uh, maybe a little, you know, arm, the arms aren't right, you know, or they're a little un-TV. The arms aren't right? No, yeah, but but not a biggie. No, it's fixable with a few years. But uh, no, sorry, on TV, this is on TV, and it can happen that they, that they shoot weird, the camera. So who is in this focus group, Greg? Just you? No. Is it Tom? No. Logan? No. It's a bunch of grandpas and little twerps and such. Can I see it? No. Because? Because it's private. Well, it's not. You can't. What if Logan wants to see it? It's, I'm sorry, it's confidential. From the CEO? Yes. Okay, if this focus group isn't real, I'm gonna take you apart like a human string cheese. Understood. (laughs) The writing on this show is insanely great. (laughs) I've never seen, I don't want to be hyperbolized, I've not seen writing like quite like this. Like it's so fantastic. I, I hate to say this, but Carrie's pissing me off, girl. Like she's really making really? me mad. Yes, because you gotta have a she's already in the business. Let's be clear. She's in this family's business in a way that like you're not even an official stepmom. Like that already is giving me a lot. She talks down to Greg, like Greg isn't family. So we're in the first episode when she was cussing him out and doing all that to Greg. So I'm already like uh, you know your tape wasn't great. If you don't have that self-awareness, but you have awareness enough to like be a shark and be out here cussing everybody out and dealing with all this politics, then that's on you. Like, so I get that she's um she's literally trying to use her, she's trying to use Logan to get ahead, obviously. And that's is what it is. But for her to be so mad at Greg and Tom as if 
Greg and Tom are trying to block her versus actually like seeing that she's not ready is just pissed me off. Um, mind well, you, I like, took it differently. Okay, I thought ahead. Carrie was saying, I like tell me the fucking truth. Like you're bullshitting me. Like what's what they say was wrong with me in the focus group. Who was in the focus group? I want to see what what I did wrong. I thought she was bullying in a way, but I also thought she was she knew Greg was full of shit. She because she called it right out. Oh, Tom sent you to tell me that I wasn't good enough. Like she knew what was happening, and she was just she didn't want to be a part of the bullshit. Like, did Logan say that? She said, "Did Logan say this? Did Tom say this?" Which is exactly what happened. So she like mm-hmm. could deduct that already, and she was pissed that they sent Greg to come handle this. Like Tom couldn't tell her, or, Lo- or even Logan like couldn't tell her mm-hmm. themselves that they sent Greg to do this. But the reason why she was that's the thing though she was pissed, but she's using her behind the scenes work to get this position it's not like i can see if she was pissed for something she really like earned and was like you how dare you speak to me about this but she was trying to smooth her way in using logan so that's where it's like you're not at that you're not good enough to do this if if she had it together no complete if she had it together mm-hmm. and sent a good tape in and he did this i would totally be on her side be like great um get out of her way i think that for me it's just like you feel like because you are do feel like because you're messing with logan everybody should get out your way and they actually are helping her because that embarrasses everybody if she goes and mm-hmm. does that so yeah i do think that her ability to see through it and snipe it out is great but her her being up greg instead of dealing with her boyfriend is really where the issue is like she's she's and i just don't like anybody in general who like gets acquainted with an asshole dates an asshole and treats everyone the same so maybe that's just who she is and that's why she climbed that ladder but like you don't i don't know i don't feel like logan should talk to people the way he does so i definitely don't think carrie needs to come in and do that assist what she say assistant advisor friend like get out of here Maybe it's just because it happened so quickly. And I and I assume that when Logan messes with like a secretary, it kind of like fizzles out. Um, but I just but think this one is different bit. because he like Literally. confides in her. Exactly. That's the very next out. scene. The very next scene, Carrie leaves Greg and she walks back into the room with Logan. And Logan's like, hey, I heard from Connor, which we'll talk about in mm-hmm. a second, mm-hmm. that Sandy and Stewie got these numbers. And they're trying to get the kids to flip on us. And she's like, mm-hmm. do you want me to call them? And Logan says, no. It's delicate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've got some juice. And so basically, like, we got to go handle it. And we'll get mm-hmm. to that part in a second. But before then, let's talk about the kids. So the kids are Lo- uh, Roman, Shiv, and Kendall are, like, somewhere else this year. Like, last week, they were in L.A. somewhere in California. This year, this week, they're somewhere in New York, but not being in the assholes. city. They're being because Connor's watching looking PGN. for them. Yeah, Connor's looking for them, and you don't. I didn't know why at first when I found out that he's looking for them because he's having his wedding rehearsal dinner and they're watching Carrie's tape, which is on demand. Like if you're late for something that's on demand, you're an asshole. Now I, you know me, I never defend these kids because I hate all of them, but technically they would have been on time to Connor's rehearsal. If Logan didn't tell them they couldn't take the chopper because they thought they were taking the helicopter back in and they were going to be there on time, and then they had to get a car, and wherever the fuck right, they were. Right, but they did, but they kept like not. But the thing is, this is you're right. But this is his wedding rehearsal, and Shiv is like he's texting me, ha ha. ha. Nobody did that for Shiv's wedding. Nobody did. Oh no, like Shiv that. was being a complete asshole this entire show. Yeah, you're, I see exactly, what you're saying yeah. now. That I think about it. So they're watching PGN, 
and they're talking about how fucking boring it is. And here's the thing. This is the problem that liberal media has is that it tries to be really smart and really smart is fine. Like me, I'm a political nerd. So like I get into that, but like the average person is not trying to sit there and be lectured to or feel like I'm in fucking class Mm -hmm. when you're talking to me. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch TV. And that's a sad state of where we are in society where news is treated like entertainment. But unfortunately news has been transferred into entertainment and if you're sitting here talking to me like I'm a college professor, I'm just going to tune it the fuck out and turn it into Fox News where they're out there acting the whole ass uh, on TV, right? So people do that, right? So they're watching a show called Inside Baseball, and, Ken- and Kendall's like, Inside Baseball about politics. That's confusing. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's wrong, but not wrong at the same time whenever he speaks. And so then Kendall gives his pitch because we get one of these every episode, which I fucking love how he just talks in pitches. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Here, here's my pitch, guys. Hardcore international news from a global global to hyper global. Yeah, <laughs> global it. global to hyper global. And then this is one of your episode names. What's happening in Africa? Yeah. Let's talk about Africa, sub-Saharan Africa. Like people need to know. And, and Shiv says, that show sounds like homework to show, <laughs> which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, but the thing that's so funny about them wanting to start a news company is like that's what news is, yo. Like news is yes, sitting up and listening to like a objective story. Like if you what you want to hear is gossip of like what happened in, in Libya today. Like that's different than an actual reporting. So I do think it shows that like ultimately Shiv is Shiv's there, but. I do feel like Shiv is waiting for the next boat to come along and like really is not ultimately interested in this. I mean, I'm not saying they all are, but Shiv is like probably the least actually engaged. And in this episode, we see why. So like she takes it, she steps out, gets well, a phone Before call. that, I wanted to tell oh, you that. something that I heard in another podcast. So this scene about how bad the shows were on there was interesting because if you remember in season two, the first, I think it was season two, when when Logan was trying to buy Pierce the first time, you know he offered that that deal the first time was to buy Pierce when he lowballed them. Mm-hmm. His offer was 25 million, 25 billion at that time. It was 25 billion was the offer. Oh wow. And if you realize this time that they're selling, the offer from the kids was 10 billion and Logan's offer was six billion. So, like, and if you remember. When the kids were talking about, hey, we should go get Pierce, they said the value has been cut in half over the last two years, which explains it. And so I'm thinking their network is really boring and too smart for people and they're lost viewers and people aren't watching it and the valuation has dropped significantly. But they have all the, to the kids' perspective, they have all the things built in place that if someone comes in with a good idea and can fix it, all the all the little things that they're not capable of doing, like building their relationships and getting here and getting there and having yeah. all the infrastructure, they couldn't build an infrastructure, but the infrastructure is all there. And they think, well, we can just do the thing on top to make it work exactly. type of thing. So I thought that part was interesting. They, I mean, they can do it. And then, by the way, it is really MSNBC, right? Like, it is the liberals mm-hmm. eating them, eating, like cannibalizing themselves. Like, that's facts. Um, So, yeah, they they. I think that's a good point. Um, so we see the kids, like you said, again, in this scene, spending time together, strategizing together. I wonder if this is the last time. It, is this, like, pure? 
Um, so, and then Shiv does what she did last week, which is like have something related to Tom, kind of mm-hmm. internalize a little bit. And then, you know, they actually were there for her and were like putting off that, that meeting last episode to check on her. Um, and she, so this is why I say she's a villain. I'm not, be, and I would say this for a male or female or any gender character or non-binary character, anybody who's like hold, withholding information, but then pushing things along is yes. a villain. Let's be clear. She can go through what she wants to go through, but once it starts affecting everybody else's life, which is like the same thing with, at least Roman was aware, like they were trying to fuck over their dad with the money last episode. This episode, she's really moving shisey. So anyway, yeah. She does. She wants the top five lawyers for this divorce that she announced, which yeah. her dumb ass should have t- did. Got she went home and announced the divorce. If you really are your dad's child, you already talked to them lawyers. So that's I'm not trying to blame her. I'm just saying, like, you are the mogul. You are the person with the money. You are the person who was raised in this world. You're mad because he got you the next like however long you took to talk to lawyers, but you announced it. So she had all the time. She he was in the relationship. So she had all the time she needed to figure this out and she underestimated him. So Logan told her, call the top five people she would call, conflict them out. And she's acting like there's only five lawyers in New York. So it's already like her throwing this tantrum because- Well, in that world though, like in that world, there's there's only like five lawyers. Like if you, like in that world that they live in. Sure. But I guess she's going to have to stop being privileged and find a lawyer who's going to do their best for her and figure it out from there. Like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, she can buy, she can spend the money. She can spend the money, put the best lawyer through law school and have them support her three. Like she has the, the fun. So that kind of pissed me off that she like, that made her so mad. So anyway, when she had that phone call with Tom, you mentioned in the first, in the beginning scene when she cusses him out, she goes straight, like, she's like, oh, this is dad and go straight for him. And he says, you know, Siobhan, I have to protect myself. And he does. No, he doesn't have any, like he does have the right in my opinion, to protect himself. Yeah, but what he did sure. was an asshole move. Oh, sure. But she's but she was gonna tear him apart. Like he it, so again, as we talked about this before, if we switch to if we switch to gender roles, and this was some rich guy divorcing a wife who had like given her whole life for him, like them lawyers were about to tear Tom to like apart like string cheese. So but I'm I don't not, think she was mad that he got one of her lawyers on her list. I think that he's mad that. Logan told her him. Logan told Tom every lawyer on her list, and he went and tied them all up. Because remember, she said, "I got moms," and we all know how Logan fucked over their mom, right? So, like, that's how she was starting right. to feel. Like, you fucked over my mom, and now you're telling my husband to fuck me over, uh, right? But again, this is the man who fucked you over in Italy, and also this is your dad. Yeah. So, again, before you announce divorce to that man, call your lawyer. Right. So this Good is on point. her for being she she made an emotional decision. I'm not I'm not saying people don't do this in real life, but she made this decision, announced it to him. You know, she could have called the people the next morning. Yeah, she should have been there. Well, she had her sister she could, do it, but he didn't get yeah, on it she, fast enough. She could have sent she could have sent that text from the bed once he fell asleep. Like if she was really about this life, this cutthroat life, then she should have did that. But I think the reality is that she doesn't want it to be, I don't think she wants it to be amicable. I think she wants to hurt hurt him and hurt dad because she doesn't want to deal like this divorce would look different if they were willing to sit down and talk about what happened and then go through the divorce anyway so, so was, she comes before back before you go i was listening to a podcast last week i wanted to ask you about this 
because one of the interesting aspects that they talked about was like how the kids, how the people dress on the show. And they were talking about like how it's this idea of like, I'm giving off normal, but I'm rich. Like, you know, and they, they uh, Roman makes a line later when Kendall says something Buddhist and he goes like, yeah, oh, sometimes yeah, nice, your greatest, nice your greatest Ford. opponent can be your teacher. Yeah. Yep. And he goes, nice time. Hey, Buddha, Buddha, nice time. Right. And yeah. so like somebody did um, Kendall's outfit last episode and he had on like a $1,200 Gucci sneakers. He had on like a $12,000 watch. And like uh, it was like an eight hundred dollar T shirt from Tom Ford, like absurdly expensive, right? And so that's Kendall's thing. But Shiv is the most interesting one to me because, like, who is she? Like, who dresses like that when they're just even? Even if you're saying, yeah, Kendall's that suit was a lot. Rich that suit was a lot. <laughs> at least, but Kendall was rich, but still casual. Like he had a, a hoodie on and a T shirt and some jeans, and and Roman's wearing like a shirt and some jeans. Every time we see Shiv. She's in a fucking suit, like the nicest suit, just to do nothing. Like you got dressed up like that to go hang out with your your brothers and talk, like and watch TV. Like that's what you put on to go hang out with your brothers and watch TV. Like I, I'm trying to th- get into her mindset. Like what is that? That was that, so weird I, to me. That's crazy because I literally noticed her suit and I didn't put the words to it like you just did, which are which is great because I was like. This girl really got that suit buckle going. Like she's like this suit is holding up the whole franchise. Um, I mean, her suit's was, a fire. Yeah, but it's like, but it is very much like she thinks she's still getting up and going to work at Waystar Royco Global. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and and it's like, but have we? Now it makes me wonder if we've ever seen her dress casually. Um, the only one time was like that one time when she was like fucking Tom, but like that was like late at night. Right, exactly. Like I, I think that if we want to, if I want to assign any psychology to it, I think it's her feeling like she cannot let her guard down. She has mm-hmm. to always be with running with the boys, and like I'm not even talking about masculinity or femininity. I'm just saying, like in that mm-hmm. moment, it's like she cannot caught, be caught slipping, and I think that is where a lot of her trauma or a lot of her trauma is manifesting. Because at the end of the day, she, if she can come into the the reality of like she's a Roy, whether she wants to be or not, she has that power and that privilege. She can be herself and figure out her space in this world. But it's like, she does not want to admit that maybe this isn't where she wants to be or admit mm-hmm. that like, maybe this isn't the game she wants to play. She wants to play with the boys and she wants to be cutthroat, but that's not the healthiest thing for her in any, like mm-hmm. maybe she should go in politics and be with that guy who, by the way, is coming back this season and just go live her life. But instead of that, she wanted to be close to her dad and be like within striking distance of him and within hugging distance at the same time. Like, so that I think is why she's caught in this loop. And then her not wanting to deal with stuff is also where the issue lies. So yeah, I think the suit is probably very indicative of because you know, set designer, costume designers are geniuses and mm-hmm. they're thinking about all that stuff. So the next scene is when Shiv comes in from that call that uh, Chanel was talking about. The kid uh, uh Kendall and Roman are watching Carrie's tape and they're just roasting her. They're rewinding it. It's like it's like when something funny fucking happens and you just like rewinding it over and over again. It's and like ridiculous for stuff. sure. It's ridiculous. So they're like they she's got like, this, the board. She's like fucking up. She's saying things weird. She's like staring at the camera like weird as fuck. Like it's so it's such an awkward tape. It's so bad. 
Like basically, she's smiling when she talks about hurricanes. Like it's it's yeah, it's bad. It's like is she reading words? Sure. Like is she dressed appropriately? Yes. But everything after that is a fail. Um, <laughs> yeah. And again, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, you 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 looking at that and you see CNN. I don't know how. Um, you don't see Anderson Cooper when you look at uh, SE Cup. You don't no. see it. Shit. But the who's the um Rachel Maddow? You don't see that. Like you don't see. Hold on. Melissa Harris Perry. I'm trying to find a black one. You don't see anybody in that tape. You just look like a you don't see the Fox aware. News people. Exactly. Even <laughs> that even, even even Laura Ingram be smiling at the right time. Um so anyway, yeah, they're they're trashing her and it's and they're like, Okay, maybe we should go get ready or go leave for Connors. And this is yeah. what made me mad because they're like, No, let's run it again. We got time. So they did push it to last minute. And then again, I don't know at what order this happens, but I'll just say now should steps out again and calls sandy and Mm -hmm. this is when she puts this is when this is when i tweeted about her being a villain because basically she does um if she calls uh she calls her to be like hey what you said i'm thinking about again so literally in response to her assuming that her dad was a part of tom conflicting out the lawyers she wanted which is probably true which is true it's confirmed later but she takes that and decides that she's going to tank or stall or fuck with the race the the sale that's supposed to go through the next day so she calls back sandy and stewie who apparently have been asking for more money on the deal and she says basically she'll try to work like she's like are your brothers open to it now and she's like no i'll work on them and instead of her going back in and being like hey i talked to sandy she starts saying it like it's an organic idea like it's her idea exactly and that was that was when i was like oh this is like something about this has to be illegal like this has to be like sec manipulation or something like i don't know but it didn't feel right to me um but basically throughout the so what was happening was stewie looked at basically had some comps of similar media conglomerates that sell in recent years. And he was saying that what we're getting is not comparable given our size and in uh, revenues and everything like that. And that the dad, that Logan is just taking a deal to get basically to get it off his hands. Like he's just taking a deal to get it off his hands, but we are old more. We're undervaluing our, our product. And but here's but what I, I want know, to ask you. I know. If he's taking the deal to get it off his hands, then, there, then maybe it is. Maybe he's good with the valuation because I feel like they got past that cruises stuff and all that. But who's to say there isn't more to find out? Like, I really, it really seems like Waystar is like out of, out of hand. And the fact that he's treating like a hot potato means something too. Like, it means that like he doesn't want to go back to due diligence. He doesn't want to push on it. Like, that... I'm not saying they don't deserve more money. I'm saying that there's a reason this man is okay with this price when he's the one who lowballs everybody right. else. But, but yeah, here's what I wanted to ask you. Why is she doing this? Because if she if she tanks, it was her idea, but it was her idea to get PGN, to get Pierce. Yep. And if she takes the sale, they don't have money to get Pierce. I'm telling you right now, she's in a spiral. She's not okay. And she's wearing it better than most people would. But she is the one who pushed for 
Pierce. She mm-hmm. was on the 10 bill team, right? She was not listening. She kept being like, oh, maybe we should just fuck that. She's the one who came up with 100 and then the one who pushed, put down 100 and decided, never mind. She's the one who came up with Pierce, pushed the 10 billion. And now she's doing, like, she's torpedoing stuff because her heart's not really in it. Like, she's not there. I think there's some, like, I'm not saying we're going to get the emotional arc from her, but I'm saying that, like, she's not in it to win it like something's going on where she's self-sabotaging um, or, I, that's that's the only thing that's I what about. i thought at first but what i ended up coming to the conclusion is yes self-sabotaging but mostly i don't think it's self-sabotaging i think she's just hell-bent on revenge i think she's mad at mm-hmm. her dad and she's mad at tom immensely from italy and so everything that she's doing is to fuck them. She wants to divorce Tom, but she's mad that it's not hurting Tom like she thought it would. She like in a year and a half ago, she just said that Tom would have been groveling and begging her, but he's not doing that. So she can't handle that Tom is just handling this like she would in the past. And then Logan wanted Pierce, so she wanted Pierce. Now Logan is okay with them getting pierced because Logan's not when you talk about business sense. Logan was smart enough to Logan had the 10 million. They don't got the 10 million. Logan has the 10 million. And he was just like, I'm not paying 10 million for that. It's just not worth it. Y'all said the biggest number. Congratulations. So once she said that, he she thought she had one over on him. But then she's just like, the, the Tom shit triggered her again. And she's just like, fuck it. Like, fuck. Like that reminds her of everything. She's like, fuck that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow this shit up again and fuck up his deal. Like, so he can't sell this shit, right? And so I think she's just like all hell bent on revenge. And we'll get to where some of that comes from a little bit later. Uh, so they leave and they find out that. Yeah, but uh, the only Logan... thing I'll say about, sorry, don't, I was uh-huh. the only thing I'll say about that is that there's still self-sabotage in there at the end of the day, because um, it affects her. It'd be different if this was just her dad's sale. But like, like you said, her money, like not just her money for this deal, her money. Like, I know they have money tied up in other stuff, but like a big part of their independent wealth is their value in this company. So so for her to want to play with that is really like that is risky behavior. Yeah, so they come he she comes back in and she mentions it to Roman and Kendall and they just be like, oh that bullshit about Sandy and Stewie, no fuck that. We're not doing that. And Kendall Kendall's like, yeah, I agree. Fuck that. We're done. Uh and they leave and they're gonna go get on the plane and this woman's like, I can't let you on the plane. And Kendall's like, oh it's dad. <laughs> this is where you know, but this is where you see where like Roman's a monster. Because Roman says to the woman, if you don't let us on, I'm gonna set aside a few hundred thousand dollars and destroy your life. And I'm like, yo, that is some wild <laughs> shit to say. But he's also the same person, remember in the first season at the baseball game with the fucking kid when he says you can hit a home run, I'll give you a million dollars. And then he throws gets the kid out and just gives them nothing. Like he is an, a complete asshole. And I mean, this is when my this is what I can't I can't cape for Roman at this moment, but he really did. He showed his, you know, the equivalent to me is like if they say I can't use TSA pre-check for some reason, like that I would have a similar fit, but I wouldn't be able to have the same threats. But yeah, he definitely <laughs> he's an asshole. I mean, I I can't get past that. That doesn't mean he's not the best at the um, you know, it doesn't mean he's not the best at the business, but he's a jerk. Kendall, Kendall is like super, like he seems like he's high, but he's not, but he apparently he's been studying Buddhism. So he's just like in a good mood all the fucking time. 
and he's and he starts he says some quote that i think you said the quote earlier what it was um and roman's like oh yeah buddha and you're fucking tom ford's a good job uh and so he they yell roman starts yelling at kendall's assistant to get a car they basically take a car to um connor's rehearsal when they roll up to the before they get to the rehearsal though stewie's out there and he does like this like cab driver middle eastern accent like i'll give you a ride type of thing and he then they, they try to talk to him, talk to him about it. And Roman's basically like, Oh, so you want us to fuck the deal so dad can disinherit us and we get nothing, or we can make billions of dollars. That's a really tough deal. And then at this point, Kendall's like, Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with this shit. Like, I'm good. And Shiv is still trying to convince them, like, but no, it's a good idea. And so they okay, walk yeah, off. Again, this but, is oh, Shiv is really before that though. There's something that I notice here. Mm-hmm. Before they leave, Stewie tells Kendall, hey, I'm going to give you a call in a little bit. And Kendall says, okay. And then Sandy tells Shiv, what is, I mean, Shiv tells Sandy, hey, I'm going to still work on him. I'll, I'll let you know. That's key because it, it'll come up in a second, but I wanted to mention that point because there's something on my third time watching this. I noticed this and I'll get to it in a little bit. But what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say like, if I like summarize kind of what happens next throughout this moment, like they're, they, who knows how long they've been waiting for them to pull up by the way. Um, but they're just trying to get them to like kind of convince them. Cause they, they do have a time crunch of they need to make their move and know where they're at. Cause again, like they need the vote voting block or else they're, they're not powerful enough without it. And you can see Shiv working like that. Again, she's working like, oh, I don't know, I'll consider it as if she isn't on the same page. So that's why she's shy. But then she's like, well, do we want to just go to my place real quick and talk? As if they're not hours late and it's not dark time <laughs> showing up. And that's when I started to be like, okay, Shiv, like, whatever you got going on, Connor is still getting married. Like, he's still getting married. Like, I like I don't know what Connor has done. Connor has done nothing to her to to. It's like the person who is actually, I mean, this is why she needs therapy because the person who actually has hurt her the most is the person she's spending the most time and effort to think about getting revenge on. When like actually, it's one of those things where like actually healing or focusing on things that fulfill you would actually be better for you. But instead you're letting this cannibalize all of your like, all of your free space and energy. So Romans and Jeremy, or Jeremy, uh, Roman and what's his name? Kendall. Kendall are like, are like, haha like i'm not taking them seriously even though they pulled up let's go in here and as they go in willa is leaving the rehearsal dinner and says i'm not needed anymore they say roman's like what and you know roman throughout the rest of this is making his comments and i'm not saying it's not too much but you got to appreciate roman for like it almost makes it's awkward but it makes it less awkward somehow that he's saying the most intrusive thoughts out loud like when she does that he's like yeah of course not you're only the bride like who cares and um she clearly is like leaving and she's like trying to make not a big deal of it but like she's leaving to her so dinner and when they go upstairs they sit down and they're like hey and Shiv is still like hey y'all y'all want to go out the back door and like figure this out and he's clearly sad they go what happened he's like it's fine she no but gone. before that roman and ken say what are you talking about it's connor's rehearsal like we gotta right. go. but they're like that's our brother like we at least gotta go talk to him on his rehearsal what are you talking about Shiv? exactly yeah and Shiv has been yeah. a complete asshole like not even giving a fuck about connor's rehearsal mm-hmm. or anything basically yeah and then um 
so when and she's gonna keep doing that throughout because they sit down and they're like what's wrong and kind of goes no you know nothing no big deal i mean she kind of <laughs> she kind of stood up during her toast and said i can't do this and left and went to cry for 40 minutes but it's fixable it's <laughs> she said he went to the bathroom for 40 minutes with her so-called friends and then left i it was dark <laughs> this is where it gets really dark and he's just like huh and and then Roman that's says, Roman starts, toss her another ten grand in the snowmobile, and she'll be back. Which again, is fucked up. <laughs> it's but it almost makes it less awkward than just sitting there acting like it's not that bad. And because because Kendall's like whoa, and Shiv's not even paying attention. No, and not so at all. yeah, and then he goes, he ba- they're basically like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, let's. <laughs> he's like, let's do go karaoke. play, let's do karaoke. And they're like, no, what else do you want to do? He's like, well, take me get a drink, but nothing fancy, like where the real Americans drink. Like, I wrote the quote. Place. He says, not tell your me, usual me. stupid places, somewhere fun and real, a place, a place with chicks and men who work with their hands. Oh, and then he says, and have blood on their face or something yeah, like that. Like, this is such a rich person's <laughs> like ridiculous understanding of the world. Because when he gets there, He's like, and Shiv doesn't want to go. She wants to talk business still. Uh, right. And when she, when she gets there, Connor's like, they're like, what do you want to drink? And Connor says, whatever a regular Joe would have. And then he says some random fucking fancy ass drink, <laughs> like from Germany or something. Like that's what a regular it, Joe exactly. would have. Well, because when he walks in, he's like, ah, America, I'm, I miss you or something like that. I'm just like, you are so annoying. By the way, I missed two quotes. One quote we I missed to say, was when they were when the helicopter was wait was driving off. Kinda go say bye to daddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then when they're sitting at the table going to get drinks, Roman's like, "All right, come on, Potus, Scrotus, let's go, let's go out." And I just thought that was so silly. So, so yeah, Connor they're, has they're air tags out. on Willa, where he's tracking her as every move. Like where's she going? She she's doing a drug deal at a fucking aquarium. <laughs> like she's like he's like just following her. Uh, Ken gets a call from Madsen and he leaves and Madsen's basically telling him like dude if you push us I will fucking back out like I will fucking leave and I will fucking do wait this. wait do wait wait hold on, so on wait 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 you went into that so fast I want to talk about this in more detail um because okay. I do think that okay so this threw me for a loop because I don't remember Kendall and Gojo having a bond. Did they have one before? Or yeah. they just know each other? Remember the treehouse? Kendall's birthday party? He was there and they were talking. Right. But it's just kind of like they know each other because they're tech bros kind of thing. Not They don't have like, they don't go well, way back. No, it was Kendall's idea all the way back in season one to mm-hmm. merge with Gojo. It was His, his original idea oh, was right. to that merge was with him. Gojo. Because the app was yeah. shit. Okay. And then, but then obviously he was on the outs when his deal was being made. And Roman's yeah. the one who went in, but Roman almost like, Roman like did it, but almost killed it at the same time. I feel right. like I remember. Um, So, yeah. So he called, like you said, he calls him. And this, I think, is like very impactful because right before it, they're very clear, like they're going to focus on connor and kendall's like this deal doesn't make any sense who cares about what stewie's sending me about the comparables like it's done and when he has this call with him he says you know 
like you go ahead now you can what's how does yeah he basically that? just tells them like if you if you fuck with me i hear that they're trying to get more money if you go with them i will back away he's like your dad will sell it but he won't fucking sell it to me so that shit will be dead and what's interesting to me is stewie says i'm gonna give you a call in a little bit and then roman mm-hmm. gets a, then kendall gets a call from madsen so like mm-hmm. is stewie and sandy secretly with Madsen because Madsen is trying to find a way to back out but wants to save face and so they're trying to convince very people possible. to back out very possible or they're just the ones leaking the information because somebody like only the five of them right now are, are into it the other people are like um guessing so it's like mm-hmm. Roman Roman uh sorry Logan has no real reason to leak jerry i don't think it's really leaking so it's like it really does have to come from one of them um because when you think about it like where you know what i mean like that is just them uh so yeah i thought that was interesting i thought that he says this is one of my quotes he says i just want to know i'm not being aggressive this might code aggressive but it's not aggressive and it's like bro you're being very aggressive and i thought that was a very interesting way to talk about like hey i'm calling you to tell you what the what the fuck you're going to do about it but also don't take this as aggressive and um i think that's like an interesting thing when you talk about business and people critiquing how people speak all the time um him saying this this doesn't code aggressive was like very it like resonated for me for some reason. Um, so yeah, so he gets he goes, okay, yep, got it. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, okay, Kendall's got the he he understands like he will back out because we hear from Logan later. Logan also says he will but he will back out if we change the price again. Like Logan is also very clear on this. The price is set, he's not he's not flexible. But Kendall's immediate move is to call Stewie back. Yeah, but why do I was gonna why, why do you think? Why do you, why do you that, you have to tell me because I don't know. <laughs> no, why do you think Kendall switched up? You have to tell me because I do not know. Part of me thinks that Kendall wants to prove that he's a smart business person and that they're because he, he does ask for the comparables. So like unlike Shiv, she didn't ask for any evidence or anything. She just was like, Hey, I'm looping you back in and I'm, I'm gonna push this on my brothers. Kendall asked him to send him comparables. They show him reading it, reviewing it. And then he goes back and he's like, hey, Roman, look, these comparables actually do look like we're getting fucked over. Like, take a look at this. Um, And so part of me thinks that he's thinking he's making a smart business decision. And then the other part of me thinks that something Madsen said triggered him and he don't want that pressure. Like he just he wants, I think he thinks that he can still be the successor, and so if his dad doesn't sell, then he thinks that he can take it over, and he'll be the one that gets back in charge. And so part of him he might be thinking that that's still a possibility. I don't know. This was very interesting to, to yeah. think about what Kendall's motivation is here. Those are two really good theories. I think the way that I, my like body interpreted it, without like my mind going into it, was he is trying to call his bluff like something about it just didn't sit right with Kendall and he was like all right like if you say that or or I just assume that like he has some type of business savvy to be like oh if you're saying you're gonna walk on price that means you know we deserve more like maybe there's like some code you know something there um but then like you said it could be successor talk it could also be um 
it could also just be pettiness, like being like, oh, don't push me. But I think that's less likely. I think it's more likely he's like, oh, if he's telling me do not push me on price, then it's like, I'm going to push you on price because clearly you are calling, like, if you're calling me, it, it's kind of one of those things like you letting me know I've gotten to you already by right. calling me. You're not actually posturing that you're powerful. You're showing me I'm in power right now. So I want to speed up a little bit because we're going to play this scene with Logan and the kids. Um, but after that, um, Roman tells them that, like, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to do it, but then he gets a text from Logan and they're like, what the fuck? Like, we're supposed to have dad on, like, excommunicado. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, you know, he, he's super nervous. And he's like, well, I sent him a message to say happy birthday. And they're like, show me your fucking messages. And basically, he said, happy birthday, take care. And they're like, that's very warm. And Roman's like, what the fuck you want me to say? Like, die, happy birthday and die. Uh, but Roman is clearly, like, still not It's not warm dad. at all, bro. Yeah, but it's not. Look, at the same time, take care. If I tell my daddy, take care on his birthday, like, we're estranged, clearly. So yeah, but they, weren't, I know for they were them, supposed to be estranged. Sure. So, like, Roman clearly is not over his dad. And we mm-hmm. see that later. So, he's, so, they, so Shiv and Kendall can kind of sniff that out. But they're just like, dude, we gotta be, we gotta be together on this. But at the same time, Shiv is not telling him about the Sandy and Stewie call until she made it seem like it was her idea. Roman didn't say shit about Madsen calling him, but mm-hmm. Roman admitted to what he did to Messrs. Logan. And then Roman says, I talked to Madsen. And he's saying that he'll back out if we do this shit. So he's he's putting everything on the table, but Kendall and Shiv are not at this point exactly and that's why i feel like they're roman is the only one who's actually committed because he did not talk to him about business um siobhan is not is like making moves in the dark kendall is all kendall had to say is like mattson just called me and everything else but in, and this is what i'm thinking but he's also obfuscating so the only person who like i think roman texting on his birthday is against their strategy but it is a human thing to do. And so I don't think that he's over his dad because he was never the one who, he didn't want to go against his dad. He's the only one dad had kept in the fold. What happened was he loved his brother and sister enough to go with them. That wasn't well, the same He thing, was actually shocked that his dad fucked him with the shit in Italy. It's Of course, too. Yeah, because his dad, and his dad still tried to pull him over to his side. Yeah. So it's like, he, again, it, I don't think he left his dad as for hating his dad the way the older kids do he just went with his brother and sister out of love for them because he's also the only one who kind of gives a shit about connor so it's like right. i don't yeah i don't think roman is actually well like roman kendall her. a little bit uh, kendall a oh little yeah bit. sure right but i'm connor, just saying across the like, board. at this time connor says like hey because he hears about this he's like and they're like oh you just want the money and connor's like no not just that i want my fucking dad at my wedding tomorrow I want to spend right. time with my family today and I want to go fucking sing karaoke like I saw it in the movies. Because right. <laughs> by the way, though, by the way, Shiv is like, let's leave. So not talk about business around Connor. Like it's not his wedding eve. You know, like yeah. she's so like she's acting like he doesn't even exist. But even worse so- than that, she, they say something about Willa and Shiv says, oh, you'll meet someone else. And Ken and Roman's like, what like what yes yeah they're like no no one's better than willa you won't meet anyone better than willa (laughs) yeah they literally turn around and they're like let's we no 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 yeah like and them they say it almost like a compliment they're almost like don't give up on it so but they the what they say is messed up so what's so funny is like 
I feel like there's a karaoke scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Maybe not. But um, anyway, he they go to the they go to karaoke finally, and there's like a lot that happens here. But um, from a family dynamic perspective, Roman is still checking out, like checking on Connor. And I feel like mm-hmm. Shiv and Logan and Kendall are now like in a different place. And this is this is the conflict that's always gonna happen here because again, the two of them are are in a spite mission. Like Logan, uh, Kendall just needs something to keep himself occupied instead of doing drugs and alcohol. Siobhan is like unhealed. And Roman is just like thinking they're doing something to be together. Um, so they're all, they all have three different motivations. And that is why they're not going to, it's not going to work out. And in the meantime, Connor texts Logan and basically tells them about their conversation. And then Logan says kinda, he's on his. I kind of right. hate that, but okay. And Logan tells him that he's on his way. And then we have this scene. So we're going to play this scene and then we're going to stop whenever me and Chanel want to talk about something. What I, what I is, love, by the way, though, is he's like, come outside when I get there. And they're like, no. So that was a good no. show of power because there's no reason the four of them need to leave and go outside to sit in the car and talk to this man. Right. So here's the scene. Hey. Uh, go somewhere else. These lights. I could have a seizure. We're not going anywhere. Actually, like, let me see. If, first of all, <laughs> I want to see if I can share the screen so Chanel can see. I don't know if she'll be able to, but because the facials in this shit are incredible. But with can that you see said, that, though, Chanel? No, no. You don't see anything. But, no, but what's crazy about it okay. is like. When did you become epileptic? Like, stop. Like, all of a sudden, you're old. Shut up, bro. Like, he's so annoying for that. That was he wants to get he wants to get them off of their off it because he's it's not their turf, but they're together and he wants to just settle them and have this conversation because right now he's coming to sit in front of their tribal council, basically. Yep, fine. By the way, they're supposed to be singing karaoke and they're in a random fucking private room with nobody around, like private karaoke, which is so weird. I've I've done that for a party before where like 20 people are in the room and that's okay. But like for them four, they're doing it and they're not, only one of them wants to sing. And the one of them who wants to sing is picking the worst song. Like he's not picking (laughs) karaoke song. Like play Drake, bro. Like what are y'all, he's picking old, slow, sad songs that they're, before Logan comes in, they're all like, please kill me. Like this is the worst. Uh, We won't be needing you, Carrie. You can. Oh yeah. Thank you. This here's a a family. Fuck, fuck. Ignore me. Okay, let's Logan looks at her and says she can right. stay, basically. Yeah. And in this scene, we'll see it. Carrie seemed genuinely in the last in the first two episodes to I think Carrie might actually care about Logan a little bit because she notices that he's been extra grumpy, even for Logan. And she knows it has to do with her kids, his kids. Because remember in the first episode, she's trying to get the kids to text him or call them to get on the phone and talk to him for his birthday and then she tries to get logan to call yeah. them and he won't do it and in this episode you'll see in a second we're here in a second she's trying to like get them on the same page so i think she's starting to see something uh, yeah. and logan can't express it and she's trying to do it for him 
Yeah, but this is a great example of you all up in the Kool-Aid, but don't even know the flavor. Because she's coming into this like, oh, you guys just need a mediator. And it's like, no, they need extensive therapy and like a a one-on-one with Oprah, four-on-one with Oprah. Like they need to sit in that garden and talk it out because they are not in a place of just like reset the dynamic. Um, And they could be, but none of them have the skills to do that. Like in a normal situation, she might be helpful. But in this one, like, they all basically need their time to yell at their father and vent their stuff out. Like they're just not, they're just not there right now. So she's, she means well, but as the child, she's making it worse because she's coming in and kind of invalidating what they've been through by making it seem like this one apology is it. When the one apology is like the thing they need to even like start dealing with what happened. Yeah, but they don't need a yala because a yala is just going to blame the mother. Oh, yeah, no, I, I would, the way I would pay to see a Yanla do this with them and come in and yeah, she would blame the mother, but I just want to see her like making them do a, a, a ceremony to release the, to release <laughs> the pain and Roman making, and Roman harass, sexually harassing a Yanla. That is, yep. Get back to your fun. Well, it might've been a wasted trip. Want to give us a quick blast of New York, New York and fuck off? Well, I, I wanted to say something. Yeah. Reasons we should vote through the sale. It's. No surprises there. Unless you do it to the tune of the girl from Ipanema. Well, um, it's not that. I mean, aside from this, um, I guess I, yeah, I guess I just, I, I, I wanted you there a bit at my party. Holy shit. Did that- he looked genuine when he said that. And I think we could tell at his party. I think you and I said this last week that he, we could tell that he wanted them there. But he just doesn't know how to express that shit like a normal fucking father. Yeah, just say a feeling. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I thought maybe it would be nice. Oh, fuck. Now, now it's all coming out. Oh, my God, Mr. Melodrama over here. It's like a fucking telenovela. Come on, guys, he's trying something. Look, you knew I wanted Pierce. Hold on. That's the Way main back. thing of, like, Connor is, Connor should be the most hurt. Mm -hmm. But Connor's actually, again, he wants his father at his wedding. And Connor has a monologue later that, like, could make you cry if you had tears to cry. But, like, he's saying, like, give dad a second. And the kids are going in on him in a way that shows they're not ready to even accept what he has to say. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, but it also is funny because I feel like we default to feeling like, oh, an older white man is showing his feelings. Everyone should stop and give him the space and not make it harder for him. But it's like, that's his fault for not seeking out help sooner and being a better person sooner. So it's like, you have to kind of fight that urge to want to like baby him or like, you know, like just acquiesce to him because he is getting the motion. So the kids do have a right to respond, but I do not think anything about what they respond is actually productive because they're just throwing stuff at him to try to hurt him. But like, they're clearly hurt and they need the apology. So we get there, but it's like, I don't love how they do it. And when I lost out, that was not a good feeling. Yeah, no shit. I had to walk back from Albany. Can we just, I'm sorry, can we cut the shit? It's obvious why you're here. Your father wanted to address the personal stuff and not just launch into the business. Well, see, this isn't personal, Dad. Uh, This is a business decision. No, it's not, Chef. (laughs) It's not. This is about the money. Look, you're smart to ask about the money. You are. But Matson, 
won't go there. So that's the thing. I think Logan knows that he's undervaluing his company, but Logan is trying to get out for some reason. And he knows that we have a sale right now. And I mean, this is really hard to say about rich, ultra rich white people, but Logan's like, it's fucking 10 billion or 15 billion. What the fuck is another 125 million to you? Like, what do you like? like at this point, he's just like, what the fuck is another 125 million? Yeah. You get $5 billion. What does that but matter? By the to- way, it is not for no reason. Like this company is a mess. I, like I think his bravado makes it seem like it's all good, but think about all the nonsense and all the like fires he's had to put out over the last couple of years. Think about the fact that they were doing news and cr- carnival cruises when just that and we kind of took that for granted what company is doing like the vertical there's no vertical or horizontal like (laughs) match to this they just ran right right but like but disney 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 owns abc right right but disney owns 538 yeah right but disney bought those companies that were like abc was abc right like yeah they didn't they didn't pick up ABC early and develop ABC and develop Disney. Like Disney was Disney. It acquired ABC. It well, like that's what this was, remember? Because right? there was Waystar yeah. and there's Royco. Yeah. Right. But my point is just to say that like to my knowledge, these are well managed companies that mm-hmm. found alignment and cre- and Disney actually has alignment because the parks are related to the content. It just seems like these, this is like, it seems to me like it's Carnival Cruise Lines and Fox News, which are not too, they don't align. So my point is just to say, I think it looks like it's wrapped up in a bow, but I'm sure that Logan knows there's a lot more where the mm-hmm. cruise controversy came from. So more just saying, there ha- I, maybe there's not some big conspiracy, but there's a reason why this man isn't like, I'm going to die with my company. It's the best right. company ever. He's like, let the sale go through. Let's go about our business. Because this man would penny pinch if he could. Mm-hmm. And he's not here. So they should, right. they should, but they, and the kids should know that because they've seen him penny pinch firsthand hit their entire life and the entire t- course of this show. They've seen it. I mean, the fact that this is a company where kids who've gone all over, like, who've, who've come to the company, left the company, gone to politics, come out, gone to training been on drugs the fact that any of these kids getting up as ceo is how you know this company is not a serious company i'm sorry yes. but like none of them are actually qualified so the fact no. that they're even in the running that yeah is already in trouble you haven't been around this but i've got done a good deal and you'll get enough to do whatever you want i do atm you do pierce be a fresh start for all of us it'll make things better and it starts there all you have to do is Vote yes and support the deal. Honestly, that's the best thing that could happen to the kids. Like at this point, is you go do your fucking ATN shit. We'll do our shit on our own. He's basically telling y'all go do your shit on your own and do what the fuck you want. And everyone's ha- he's like he's almost saying y'all can fucking hate me, but like you're sab- like you're sa- like you said earlier, you're sabotaging yourself. Like, this is just stupid on your own end. What are you doing? Because, by the way, I don't know who they're trying to... Pr- they're trying to prove everything to their dad because they don't have to work. They don't need to own the next no. media conglomerate. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, y'all are playing with people's lives, buying companies that don't have to spin off the visions and lay people off just to prove something to him. Yeah. 
Do you know what he's offering? You can separate the personal and the business. You can mm. reset. That's what she made me mad. Oh, super. Oh, Carrie. Yeah. Do you know what he's offering, bitch? Do you know what he's offering? It's some bullshit. I don't. We don't like. Yeah, she just is really speaking as if like, oh, you guys just don't understand your dad. And it's like, girl, I understand. I have to understand better than you. Even if they're stuck in the past, it's like, babes, we were raised by this man. Like, it's residual trauma. I know he's like nice enough to you, but you can't speak to me about what I need to, how I need to feel about my father. That's where I was like triggered as a stepchild. Like, step, stay out of this love. Super. We're going to be just how we like we used to be and, and, and go on summer vacay together and drive down Route 1 in an RV singing show tunes. It may be more complicated than that. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're still in the honeymoon period, so <laughs> getting your own show on TV. Oh, are you not going to be on? That shit was great because her whole face told her, like, Logan's not having this. Like she, It's like she knows yeah. that Get he told, ass. like, that the shit came down from there. And the kids immediately picked up on it because they've been there where their dad fucks them. <laughs> mm -hmm. On TV now? No? I'm sorry, is that not... Mm. Has he fucked you on that? That'll happen. The fucking. But congrats on losing your betrayal, Cherry. Enough. That's an insane line. That is such an insane line. And Logan, I think that shit, that shit hurt him. Like, legitimately. Like, if you see his face, because he says enough. Like, because he's like, because they're basically saying, oh, he's fucked us just like that, too. Like, many times. He's fucked Roman. He's fucked me. He's fucked Shiv. And he's, like, seeing that in his face, like, he's having to reconcile with, I've fucked my kids over to the point that they're just laughing at this shit. And you did that. You gotta live with that, buddy. I thought you'd be interested. Yes. In I was on mute. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I think that's the point. Like he's coming in with this rinky dink apology. He needs to come with them with like I wrote down everything I think I've done to wrong you, and I want to apologize for it in mass. I'm sorry. Like that would be better than him being like, "Oh, I guess our last argument was a bad one." No, like we tried to come together, and you used our mother, who you already screwed over, to screw us over and create generational trauma. That that's enough. Wait, I'm sorry. An apology. We we missed that. Look, I don't do apologies. But if it means so much to you, then sorry. Roman is looking in because he wants yeah. that. Like, Roman is, you can tell, like, Roman mm -hmm. is dying for, like, this relationship with his father. Mm -hmm. And he's the, the way, one that's, the... like, most taking it serious. Mm -hmm. By the way, the music in the background is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This fake techno music. Yeah, the oots, oots, while he's like, listen, this is serious. There is nothing you could say to me now that I would ever believe. This there was so much pain on Shiv's face there. It was like, you can just see it. No push could be worth a hundred mil to us, Dad. How many sorries do we get for that? Okay, to be clear, what he's trying- What are you actually sorry for, Dad? Mm. See, Roman is like trying to get to because he wants to say, I accept your pot. Like, he wants to get there. But even Roman's like, you got to come better than that, dog. Like, that's not good enough. Well, I'm sorry for the helicopter for a start. 
Oh, you guys are sorry about the helicopter from today. Well, that's the big one, I guess. Are we actually? That's such rich people shit, too. That you're like, I'm sorry I didn't let you take a helicopter to your brother's rehearsal party. Really doing this, okay. Dad? Because I think, you know, seriously, what fucked all this was when with Mom in Italy. Yeah, okay. I've had certain thoughts about that. Look, with the best of intentions, I, uh, I got the structure of the holding company, the ownership structure of the um, family trust. There is a lack of clarity, and maybe, maybe you got Amazing. certain impressions. I'm sure you're not having that seizure. I mean, he is <laughs> trying, right? What you said you were interested in was an apology. Okay, then. Anything else? Come on, Dad. What are you sorry for? This part is so fucked up. But my point is this, right? So if Carrie wants to get involved, like you're a grown woman, ask him to really be accountable. Cause whatever this that helicopter stuff would have pissed me off too, right? Like, so if you're coming in and you want to communicate for him, like she wanted to be like, let's just to be clear, this is what he's offering. You need to also be holding him accountable if you right. really want to be in this relationship with him. To like you need to be prepared with he needs to have been prepared. There's like he you don't walk into a business meeting this unprepared. Right. For fucking ignoring Connor his whole life. Bit strong. Hitting Rome when he was a kid. Oh, no. I mean, everyone hit me. I'm fucking annoying. Having Connor's mother locked up. Mm -mm. Can we not? What the fuck was that? Almost. For, I'm going to tell you my, my educated guess. He probably got her 5150 or abused her and then called the police himself like there's something there where she probably could have gotten money out of him or probably had knowledge of something he was doing wrong so he instead locked her up which is like a classic like money on the come up with a lot of money move to get people out of the way who know enough about you that's my but assumption did you, you notice how did you notice how connor and roman when kendall says that their, their first reaction is to like diminish it like absolutely you ignored connor your whole life that's a bit strong you beat roman everyone yeah, beat me i was annoying like the first but thought is to like diminish what happened to them in terms of the writing i'll say this much to say that when you are a child of abuse of any kind of physical emotional spiritual whatever financial you usually if you have not processed it you cope with it and so mm -hmm. that is like a very familiar coping mechanism to me to like downplay what happened or like you're scared. You haven't had that conversation with the person who did it, but you also are in a good place with them, or a decent. You're not in that place with them anymore where you're being abused. So you feel guilty for even bringing it up. So having a sibling bring it up for you is actually uncomfortable, even though they're trying to stand up for you because you're like, oh, I'm scared that this person will make it seemed like it was worse than it was, but it was bad. But you don't even want to admit it was bad. Like, so that was also very much resonated with me in the writing. Um, Because we see all this writing and them talking like rich, rich assholes. But this was also like somebody who got hit by their dad and should not have been being like, oh, I was an annoying kid. That's not okay. Yeah. Not do a whole show trial here. What about advising Tom on my divorce? Yeah. I mean, that one... That took effort. That was above and beyond. Tom asked me for advice. I recommended someone he could speak to. You weren't around. If you'd been around, I would have offered you the same advice.
imagine just flipping that back on to you. Like it's your fault that I told your husband to fuck you. <laughs> I maybe I'm just too, too much of a Tom Stan. I'm a Tomlet, but the thing about that is if if we flip the gender, helping a woman who's about to get who's about to lose all her money is not bad. Giving her the play-by-play of your daughter is definitely shisty, but giving advice in general is not, like, I think it's almost like Shiv is making it very all or nothing, and it's like, you brought this person into our lives, ingratiated him, got him the job, and then you want me to no longer have a business relationship with him or a personal relationship when you decide to divorce, and I'm not saying it's not, like, I think what Logan's doing is wrong, but I do think the way he flipped it back made sense in a messed up way because it's like I'm supposed to not fuck with him because y'all don't want to be together no more but you brought him into our life like and he didn't abuse you and he didn't treat you bad so like I'm supposed to just throw him out because you don't want to have used to him anymore I don't know um maybe and maybe I'm biased but well he but there's a difference between this person is going to take your money so I'm going to help you fight back and I'm going to help you take all their money Right. So like he didn't like he didn't say, hey, he didn't say, hey, Tom, look, I've been through a divorce, a high profile divorce like this. Let me I'm going to give you one or two people that can really help you fight through this so that you can you know, you can make sure you hold up your end against Shiv. What he told him is go talk to everyone. So Shiv gets nothing so she can get a shitty lawyer and you can pick the best lawyer and then rip her apart. It's essentially what he did. But what if, what, I think you're right, but what if it's in the middle? What if it's, Tom, you're going to be the underdog here. If you don't want to be ripped to shreds, this is what I would do, honestly. And then make it fair for you by having her have to get a lawyer who's not going to rip you apart. Because you know that Tom is going to come, Tom is the one to come to the table and be like, you can have everything like that. Like that's Tom's energy. Tom is a, I don't want to fight. So yeah, I but do you think- keep saying that, but like that would be know. Logan recommending a good lawyer. That's not what he recommended. He basically recommended that you stop Shiv from getting a lawyer. He didn't recommend right. Tom get a good lawyer. He says, go do this. So she can't have a good lawyer. That's a, that's a big difference. It's not yeah, saying like, Hey, think- you get a good lawyer. I get a good lawyer. We'll make this work. Maybe. It's yeah. you go get right. all the lawyers so she gets nothing. I hear you. I'm just saying I can't say I don't. I can't say that I'm not concerned for Tom. So you're also anti Shiv. Yes, because be. I think that Shiv treats Tom badly, and I yes. don't. And I think that she can be a complicated female character, but. Um, I don't I wouldn't root for anybody treating the like person who you know Tom's not great either but this is not a show about good people so I can't we're not even gonna get into that game um, I don't know how anybody roots for Siv I see people rooting for her they go hard and for I her, think right? it's that paternalistic bullshit that I uh, you know not I gotta protect this woman because she's the yeah. woman on the show but like she's horrible <laughs> yeah I'll never I think forget Siv like- for what she did to the the rape victim from the cruises that was it for right, me. Right, Up until right, then, exactly. I had some sympathy for her. Yeah. At that moment, it was all gone. You reminded me of that. Yeah, I think in general, the thing about Shiv is that it's 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 one thing to want to have a complicated female character, right? Like an Issa Rae, 
or uh, Issa Rae, not uh, Issa from Insecure, or like a Carrie Washington from Scandal, whatever, Olivia Pope, right? These complicated characters who don't do the perfect thing. Like women don't have to be, like, you know, yellow jackets. Right. Like women don't have to be perfect. But it is okay to hold them accountable. Because this is like, I'm going to just say it. This is like the white women who help uphold like laws against other women or like, you know, that think like vote, vote against that like minor other groups of other groups that need help legislatively, but then say it's because their husband or like their beliefs or whatever. And it's like, but if you want me to fight for you in the generalism, general feminist sense, then you need to stand up for me or at least abstain when something relates to me. But Mm-hmm. It's like you can't build trust in a community where like you want to be like, okay, rah, 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 let's go women. And that woman will like throw you under the bus immediately. And I think there's something to be said here and we can't really get into it because everyone on the show is white. But like the way like the way that she moves is something that like is treacherous for black women and, and uh, queer women and women who don't conform in the workspace. When you have a, a woman like this who you're working with who is like vindictive and feel like she owns everything or she has a vendetta against the person who hurt her, she doesn't care about how it impacts you and you losing your job or you not getting the money you deserve for your settlement because she has her own thing. So I do think that like it's it's like toxic positivity. It's like toxic feminism. This is definitely an example of toxic feminism which is like making every woman a feminist higher, like a feminist hero when she's not like for example a better example a hilarious example is when people were like when we we when we watch um impeachment and saw linda trip it was like oh my god what a bitch but it was it was almost funny to where you were like okay i kind of stand linda trip she's very terrible but you don't actually in real life stand her because you're like she did terrible thing but like they played her in such a way where it was like she almost came out on the other side as campy but this was a real person um it's no, like it's like the shit with caitlin clark right now in the women's basketball yeah. like I'm, i've been really into women's basketball like the last two years but like people just found out about caitlin clark who's fucking incredible and deserves all the attention that she's getting but then like these white people want to coddle her and she doesn't first of all doesn't deserve the coddling and she doesn't want it she's not she's not asking for it she's actively mm-hmm. saying i don't want this and these people still feel need to coddle her. The Shiv character, there's mm-hmm. nothing about the Shiv character that's like, I need to coddle this person. Like, obviously, she's been fucked up by Logan, but not any more than Kendall or Roman, from what we know of. Like, we don't, like, right. it's not like we know that, like, she, like, Logan assaulted her when she was a kid or anything. It just appears that Logan was fucked up towards her in the same mm-hmm. ways that he was to her siblings. And so, like, she doesn't have, like, a unique story of, like, I've been fucked over this much. But people, when you read, like, reviews and stuff or listen to commentary on this, like, so many people are like, I'm rooting for Shiv because I want to see her get a win. I'm like, why? Like, like, what? What about her do you want to see her get a a win? (laughs) As a character, what has she done to deserve it besides be female in this this male world? I do agree. Um, She also, like, has had chances to leave and be a liberal and decide to go into the dark side and be at that republican kingmaker event so it's like again and the last thing i want to say about the caitlin clark thing is that it's like what's so messed up about it is okay something happened where people overreacted not just in this moment right like probably since forever from the nappy headed host comment to today 
black women cannot just be where they are like they, they have to be policed they have to be like quiet when they win and like humble when they lose or humble when they when they win but like gracious when they lose right like mm-hmm. they can't have emotions they Angela Bassett the Oscars all of that right so that she has this moment people react immediately very strongly like you know the tweets where people called her piece of shit and stuff like that like really went too far with this young girl who's in who's like this young black woman right and then the the results came out like oh actually y'all the person she did that to was like known for trash talking and is like celebrated for trash talking so it's fine and instead of them being like oh okay and ending it they start interviewing the white woman to get her take on how racist the reactions were and it's like why are y'all going so hard for the losers like this is a sport and women are capable of being competitive. Women understand that we lost this year. We'll come back again. So it's like, you don't have to keep bringing her on to talk to her about how it felt to lose and be taunted. That happens in every sport. Yeah, but focus that, on yeah, the winners. But the first part you talked about was the racism. The second part was the patriarchy is the paternalism. Like after coddle, like, cause no, like, here's the thing. If it was a white guy and a black guy, no one would care because they expect guys to talk trash and be ruthless like that. But women, even if you take race out of it, women are supposed to be gracious and they're supposed to be, and and, and if they lose, they're sad and we need to make sure that they're okay. Because the the reverse of it, like is Caitlin Clark was talking shit and everybody was proud of her, but the reverse, I don't want to say reverse racism because that's not a thing, but the, the thing that people do often do with white women is that they paternalize, they like, infantile white women and they're just like oh she's like she's so like she's so adorable she can't go through this she's going to be so sad and so they they immediately put that on her and her teammates like oh these poor white women from Iowa they mm-hmm. they just got overmastered we need to make sure that they're okay and that mm-hmm. they and that we recognize how good they are not to mention not to ignore the fact that like Caitlin Clark is the best college player in the country unanimously like she is the best she doesn't need to be coddled and then they put her on TV, like you said, and they expect, I don't know what they were expecting her to say. Yes, I was sad. It really hurt me when Angel did that. She's like, she's literally said, I talk shit. Why would I be upset about it? We lost. Like, I'm going to come back next year. I'm going to whip her ass. Like, that's what right. that's what athletes do. <laughs> right. I think what you're saying is right. But one thing I want to say from a different, the same thing from a different perspective is, this is when intersectionality needs to be talked about more because when you talk about men versus women you you talk about like oh let's we need to fix these things women deserve equal rights but then when you talk about black women versus white women like you said white women need to recognize that being treated like you said like infants being treated like um they're incapable does not help them it can help them in the way of like being protected by a man who wants to be your husband but even that man if he's not a good man you're fucked like the the whole system is eating you up right so it's like you're not actually helping anyone by playing into that and then when one thing i cannot like you know i think about like the slavery period like every other week like i get mad every other week just think about how it happened and um one thing i want to say about it is my understanding of some of the dynamics is like you know these white women who are the ancestors to a lot of white women today were perfectly okay with seeing the humans they were trafficking being whipped and murdered and brutalized and they were perfectly okay right that was just part of life they just dealt with it but they would faint about like manners or stuff like that like it was like there is this there's this duality where they could see so much brutality but still be seen as like women in petticoats and that sort of that 
survives today where it's like the accountability has to be taken and I think like Caitlin Clark is like probably not even the real focus of this but the accountability has to be taken right but but she brings up this conversation of like you have to take accountability for when they treat you gently and you use it to your advantage but do not protect other women of color who do not get treated gently you are a part of the problem and like the expectation that black women are more aggressive or like more need to be policed or need to be told how to act in public that's what happened in that situation and why people reacted so much because they're like oh they're getting out of hand we need to let them know this is not how you're supposed to act as if they're not free to like as if we're not all free to react how we want to be and be athletes and be out here and do our thing so that's kind of how i see all those things um coming together where black women are expected to be able to be scolded and told what to do and told how to act as if we don't know you know so that that it brought up a lot so anyway there's yeah, a relevant exactly what there's happened. our po- there's our poli- breaking news politics corner the sports corner by the way yep but talk I about another sport you won't see me look the bottom line is if we ask for more money matson walks I know that. No, you don't know that. You don't know him. You don't fucking know. This entire speech is rage. This is right here. Everything Shiv says is like, you can just hear it in her tone. It's like, she's about to break down. Like mm-hmm. the tone is like, I'm about to break down crying. Her face is just like rage. Like I'm like, yeah. if I could just like rip your heart out right now, I could, but she doesn't. But right. Like, so it, go ahead. No, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like the way that I would describe the kids at this point, like I said before, lo- ro- Kendall was always right and wrong at the same time. Like what he says is correct, but it, like it makes no sense at the same time. Roman always says exactly what is true, but says it in such an, a ridiculous, like intrusive thought kind of way that it like is awkward, but also helps. Shiv says the right thing always at the wrong time like it has nothing to do with it but like she's she would have been right if she had said it when she when it happened or when she should have said it so what she says about her dad is true he's not always right his gut should not dictate everyone's lives but what he's saying about this is probably he's probably probably, right yeah Yeah. he probably has the insight because she she's been nowhere near that deal by the way right so for her to be like oh i know him or like you don't know him as well and I'm I'm willing to bet our money on the fact that you don't know what you're talking about, even though even though other people have heard this feed, I've already heard other people tell me today he said this, is why she's right, but at the complete wrong time to where it makes her wrong. Right. More money. Matson walks. I know that. No, you don't know that. You don't know him. You don't fucking know everything. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. Everyone just fucking agrees with you and believes you, so it becomes true. And then you can turn around and say like, oh, you see? See? I was right. But that is not how it is. You're a human fucking gaslight. This line, though, is so real. This is literally how I feel about this kids every episode I watch the succession. Look, I, I just want to get us all together. Oh, no, not that line. What you kids don't realize, this is a good deal. The world likes it. It makes sense. But deals 
have a habit of disappearing because pricks like Matson get pissed off or snubbed. This, this is fucking real. Okay, well, I think I can speak for everyone, can I? When I say, go ask him for more money. But why? Just good business sense. Gotta make our own pile. Oh, quite dead. Yeah, I mean, it's what my gut is telling me, so oh, I gotta God. listen to my gut. It's, it's all I got to go on. Jesus. This line is what I was looking for. You're such fucking dopes. <laughs> you are not serious figures. I love you, but you are not serious people. That is a perfect explanation. These are not serious people. These are not competent people. These are not smart people. These are rich assholes who have fucking drama because their dad was an asshole. And, and they like manifest right. these things to try to fight it in a way that's not productive at all and ultimately makes themselves worse and doesn't help them heal at all from the drama that they had while living the most, not just a privileged life, the most privileged life at the same time. But by the way, whose fault is it that they're not serious people? Like, that's the part that always gets me is he blames them for stuff. Like, yeah, they're grown, but you were the one who raised them and you were the one who like, ice their mothers out of their lives in a way where you had the responsibility and then are confused at how they turned out when you weren't there to father them. But, you know, uh, whatever. So then Logan tells, they leave, he tells Carrie that the meeting's off, so like to to sell tomorrow, the meeting's off. I need to talk to Madsen. Uh, and so he says it's going to be you, Carl, um, you, Carl, what's his face? But no Jerry. No Jerry. So, like, he's pissed at Jerry. And then... But there he, you, there I, he is making making emotional decisions based on emotion instead of what's best for the deal. Well, whatever. And then you mentioned this scene about Connor. This was one of the darkest parts of the show. Okay. I'm going home. Well, I'm sure she'll be in touch, Con. You know what? It's fine. Really? Yeah. The good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it. What? That's fucking... That, like, they say it, like, as a comedy line. That is so fucking dark. Like, but by that's the way, such Siobhan, a dark line. Siobhan's gaslighting him by being like, what? You don't understand what he's saying, Siobhan? You of all people. Right. You haven't cared about him at all today. You gave him a flippant little, hopefully it works itself out. And then you go, oh, what do you mean we don't love you, girl? You're all chasing after dad saying, oh, love me, please love me. I need love. I need attention. I think that's the opposite of what just happened. You're needy love sponges. And I'm a plant that grows on rocks and lives off insects that die inside of me. Jesus Christ, come on. If Willa doesn't come back, that's fine. Because I don't need love. It's like a superpower. And if she comes back and doesn't love me, that's okay too. Because I don't need it. Thanks for the party. Those lines are incredible. <laughs> like, that, that is such an incredible thing. 
So then Cannon and Shiv are leaving. Candace, Candace kind of smiling like he's high, and Shiv looks like super like down, like because like you said, she's spiraling, like she's just going, like she's going through it. We yeah, see like, Connor. She's not. Like a, she's not realizing that she's not going to get what she needs the way she's going about it. Like that. That's never going to sat. What she just did is never going to satisfy her because she's not going to get the answer she needs from her father. We see Connor go home, and Will is there. So she decided to come back and she kind of grabs Connor to cuddle. So she, I guess we'll find out a little bit more about her decision. Cause I think next week's the wedding. Uh, yeah, but maybe she, she said, I'm, I can't do any better than Connor either. Yeah. Uh, so then we get Roman and Logan. So I guess Roman Logan texts Roman and told him to come talk to him. And of course Roman did. And he's talking, hanging with Tom. He tells Tom to leave. Um, he walks in and says oh twin cities tessie which i don't know why that is tom's name but i love that roman tries to like apologize for ambushing logan and logan's like dog what? like listen and he just gets right down to business i pushed the board meeting i want you to come with me tomorrow to see madison so he's immediately back on the manipulating trying to get roman back into his good graces but what he says is true he says you're not fucking Pierce, basically, you're not a fucking liberal. You're like me. You're too radical for that shit. You're a fucking edgelord. Like, I need somebody fired. Like, he's like, Sid is gone. Basically, I'm firing Sid. I want to reinvent ATN. I need a fire breather. I need somebody who can do the hard things, do the things that people don't want to do. And I think that's you. And Roman's like, do you really want me at ATN? And Logan says, no, more. I need you at ATN. Complete gaslighting manipulation. Some truth in it. I think he does believe that about Roman, that he's the most like him, and he is the one that would be the fire breather and that type of thing. But he's totally gaslighting him to get him to come to his side. And then that's how the show ends. What are you looking forward to next week, Chanel? Um... By the way, I am just surprised that he showed up. Like, I think that I just want to say, I think the reason why he showed up kind of demonstrates this whole issue of they're not, they're not on the same page. They're just not right. Like um, all the kids are kind of doing their own thing, keeping secrets from each other. They're beating up on him for the basics. They're not validating that he does want to talk to his dad. Um, and so I just thought that that was a tough, that was tough because now he is meeting with them, with him in secret. And now they are triggering like Roman, not wanting to go this hard with his dad. Um, and so I just thought that that was like, I was kind of disappointed that Roman went and met with him because now we know there's going to be all kind of nonsense related to Roman um, meeting up with dad and figuring that out. But uh, I think, what do I want to see next? What do I think is I'm going to see next. What do you want to see next? I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it was very dark. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like from here. So I guess what I would like to see would be um, what I would like to see some healing. What I think most likely we're going to see is like, I want to understand what happens with this business deal. And I want to understand where Madison really is with it. I guess I'll say that. What about you? Uh, I'm just interested in how every season of Succession has had a wedding. Uh, Shiv's wedding. Then we had um, what was the wedding in the second season? The mom got remarried, right? The mom got remarried, and so we get another wedding. Something crazy always happens at a wedding. 
in the show. So I'm interested to see mm-hmm. what happens next week at, to- yeah, at, who I mean, at, at Connor's wedding. Yeah, something's going to happen at Connor's wedding. So I'm interested to see what that is. Uh, before we get to your superlatives, uh, I took some of the best quotes from the show. So mm-hmm. tell me which one of these you like best. Uh, Happy Christmas, you clock watching fucks by Logan. That one. Oh, I just realized it's clock watching like people clocking out, like trying to get out of work early or something. Wow, I did not understand at all who he was talking to. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he's wearing sunglasses inside, like if Santa Claus was a hitman. It's like, it's like Jaws. If everyone worked for Jaws, uh, you fucking pirates at the end of that street speech was was fucking random. Like you fucking pirates. Uh, hey Buddha, nice time forwards. Uh, Hugo, I think you need someone to suck off the board. Put your lipstick on, Logan. Um, stop ganging up on me like, um, like, uh, like you're Lennon. Uh, in McCarthy, I'm John, motherfucker. Yeah, I love that. Oh, and then he says, and Connor is Connor. <laughs> yeah. Connor is Con- Connor, but he won. He won dinner with us at a raffle. That was like, why you have to do that to? Connor? <laughs> um, anyway. just be water, man. Is what Kim Ken said. Uh, congrats on losing your betrayal, Cherry. Uh, Logan said the rats are fed as skunks. They hardly care to run anymore. <laughs> Talking about the rats in New York City. Yeah, but also, like, I'm sure that's, like, a deeper metaphor. And what he said to the Roman at the end is smart people uh, smart people know what they are, which is a great line. That's true. Uh, you want to do the superlatives? Well, the, my favorite quote, I think, would be um, nice Tom Ford's Buddha, which was yeah, a, well, was and mixed with be with water. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What I think I wrote them down before and I did not text them to you. So my superlatives were, oh, uh, okay. Who was the this most disgusting brother of the show? Um, Shiv. 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 Uh, Roman That's was kind of disgusting when he told Connor that like Will is out there fucking someone with a huge cock. Like Fair much enough. bigger than yours. Fair enough. <laughs> Which was Fair enough. I mean, fucked up. it was. He was doing the most. Um, but yeah, I think Shiv was just kind. She was moving real shicey. So I'll put it like I'll, I'll take the disgusting out of it. Not necessarily sexual, just like character wise. Um, who was the most privileged? Um, probably Shiv. This episode. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Actually, no, it was Roman. I because he said I'm gonna set aside a couple hundred thousand dollars to ruin your life. That's one of the most privileged things I've ever heard. <laughs> like, that's insane. Oh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think see, so much happened in this episode that we literally forgot about it. Um I forgot what else what else was what were the, do you remember the other superlatives? Who's the broke boy? Who's the broken broke boy? Yes. Who who would it? It might be, maybe it's Willa in a weird way. Um, mm-hmm. Like maybe that's why she came back because she is like, oh, this is my ticket. Um, but I feel like nobody did anything like disgustingly, like like, like gauche. Nobody did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was this episode, first of all, our podcast episode was long. This episode had a lot going on in it. Um, 
Yeah, there's just a lot. There was a lot to unpack here. So I feel like those superlatives, it's hard because we had a lot going on and a lot was said. Yeah, a we went long, but it was it was it was fun. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week yes. for episode three. Like I said, please leave us a review if you like the show on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, and send us an email at wewasdragons at gmail.com. We didn't change the name for the previous show because we like it. So send us an email. Tell us what you think about the show, what you're looking forward to next week in succession. And we'll be back to talk to y'all next week. Peace. Yeah.